Two, three, three, two, one. Resident <clears throat> Evil 2, game of the year. That's what I do when they don't pay attention to me. <laughs> this is Blake. <laughs> okay. Dupes. Dupes McButt. <laughs> In the court of law, you're guilty. Yeah. Peeing on the carpet. The evidence against it, you. Notice you it wasn't like a big thing. No, it was just this little puddle. Yeah. Because it made a big impact. It was spite. That was a spiteful pee on the carpet. Little puddle, big impact. How and, dare you, Lola? And because she's cute, she knows that she can get away with it and then just come up here on the couch and be on the shack cast. Yeah, we imposed the moratorium on petting that lasted for about... Less than two minutes. Less than two minutes. Say, we didn't pet her for 90 seconds. Yeah. But during I those 90 seconds... No, that's true. You haven't. I yeah. have. She, you saw her come to me for yeah. approval. She did. And I was like, no. Nope. Go get your boba first. The biggest news, though, is that Lola got a minus minus. On Slack? Yeah, that is huge. That's your first minus minus. Welcome to Greg's world. <laughs> oh, Lola. See, this is what I'm afraid of. This could be the start of a downward spiral. She's the straight-A student <clears throat> who comes home with a 3-9, drops out, starts doing drugs or whatever so, so, you would do uh, what would what, what's the equivalent of breaking bad for lola <laughs> uh so let's see uh, she's gonna leave you surprises around your house yeah like, she's gonna start chewing the furniture i bet chewing something yeah but i i was thinking more like she has like an underground gambling ring that she runs out of the basement or something Ooh. with like other dogs playing poker yeah that's what it is i could see something like that i, I was trying to think big for her because she's She's well, a it's, a, it's a spiral. Yeah. It starts small. Okay. So and just with poop and pee. Yeah. But then before you know it, she's got the underground Then gambling. she chews up my new balances. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, Don't ever You're not going to want to leave your switch in reach. Oh, I, I still... I never do. Because... She, you've seen her knock it out of my hand before. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's so, how this started. When Lola doesn't get attention, she acts out. That's it's And a now problem. she got a minus minus that caught up with her. Yeah, kind of. This is a spiral, though. This is the beginning. She's still sitting here yeah, on the couch with us. Is she repentant, do you think? I don't think so. Not yet, no. It, it, normally, if that happened when like, you weren't here and we weren't about to record, I would have put her in the pen for a little bit. Really? She would have had a timeout. You're lucky. Yeah, she she got off easy. You're lucky. You got off that. easy because we have company here, yeah. young lady. She knows it, too. But That's you why she's company, all over you. You had company for two weeks, and she was an angel, right? She was a total angel for my mom. Yeah. She just likes girls. She's a, you know. She's like, my girls are here. <laughs> girls just want to have fun and bobos. Yeah. But no, she's like sitting on your lap, kind of avoiding me. So this is where we're at. <laughs> you know, um, that's how we find ourselves at the beginning of this episode. Dark it's, times. It's been about cast. like 40,000 years since we recorded one here. Just the two of us? Yeah, it has. And I, I, think since, I think since... May? May. Early May? May. We really did a disservice to our listeners. Yeah, we did. We were sick. We were in different cities. Well, and we we did one in uh, Orange County, but that was That's Greg right, was with there. Greg. Yeah, that barely counts. Yeah. And we were sleepy. And then the next we month We haven't had a three. non-sleepy one in a while either. I'm exhausted. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's still like seven. I know. <laughs> and yet... <laughs> But you know what? In the UK, it's midnight. So that's fair. It's like the the alcoholic saying it's uh, twelve o'clock somewhere, five no, o'clock somewhere. I mean, I I was up late last night. Yeah, um, playing Rocket League. 
uh, with Blake. Oh, a couple yeah. Couple of his friends. He won yeah. his first tournament. Yeah, dude. He he. Can you believe this shit? Electronic sports. Blake Electronic Morse. He practices what he commentates. He knows his rockets. He does. And he... He's like John Carmack in Rocket <laughs> League. <laughs> That's right. I compared Blake to John Carmack. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate. About rockets, rocket leagues. Okay, I see, see what you're saying. See? I got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's right. I'll allow it. Yeah. It took me a second. Yeah. I was on like a 20 you're second. Tired. Yeah. I was on a 20 second tape delay there. No, I mean, I'm not. Well, it's a good thing you didn't act out by not getting my reference by like peeing on the floor. Or something I'm not like going to pee on the floor. No. Um, Today. Today. But yeah, he won his first funsies tournament. The, you know, Shack News Chatty, we yeah. have our. Our forum, uh, Foo, organized a community event. That's right, yeah. And he basically is like, tell us what your rank is. And then he has this algorithm that puts really good players with really bad players. Let's mm-hmm. kind of even it out. So it's like kind of an even teams tournament. Yeah. Blake was on IE God's team. Oh, dude. And, that's Stimpy, good, and that's Stimpy Boy. A good captain to yeah. get paired with. IE God has won multiple Funsies tournaments as well as multiple regular Rocket League tournaments of Doom yeah. on the chatty. Yeah, he's good. He's got quite a bit of Rocket League experience. And, you know, Blake and I had been playing pretty much all week last week leading up to it. So mm-hmm. he had been practicing. Right. I think he kind of caught the bug after commentating the Rocket League uh, yeah. round of the Shackney's World Championship with mm-hmm. me. But yeah, he won. His first one. Yeah. You know how many luck? I've won? I've never won a Shaq News Rocket League tournament. I've been to the finals twice. Hey, how many one-on-one Duke matches against me have you won? Uh, (laughs) I don't recall. Oh, I don't recall. I do if you want. To be determined. Okay, okay. You know, by the end of the week, I will have set up my Shaq News dojo over there. Really? To allow for 1v1 land-based Duke matches. So we will be able to settle this multiple times. I mean, it's already settled. We just have to actually act, carry it we, out, but that's fine. Let's just say a rivalry was born at E3. It was. We had never played Duke against each other. I'm like The Rock, and you're like the Brooklyn Brawler. Like, I won a championship, and I'm like, fine, scrub, I guess. I'm not the Brooklyn Brawler. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> at least give me McFoley here. Uh, I've been thrown off by a share of cages. Your dude love. I'll be Dude Love. <laughs> You're Dude Love. <laughs> That's We're right. totally going to use Dude Love for our intro to we the should. show. We should. There you go. There you go. Okay. Dude we'll, Love. We'll start the show there.
Welcome to the Shackcast, the official Shack News podcast of Shack News. Wait, uh, the Shackcast? I vaguely remember <laughs> the Shackcast. I vaguely recall. Do you? Do you remember? I remember. Yeah. I'm your host, Asif Khan. I'm CEO, Editor-in-Chief, <laughs> Chief Puppy Wrangler. Not doing a great job this week as my dog just peed on the carpet. And I'm still letting you record a podcast with me. I'm a terrible dog parent. I'm also the commissioner of the Shack News uh, eSports League. Yes. Electronic Sports League that we kicked off. Uh, at E3. Uh, you are attracting titles at Shack News about as fast as you are attracting urine stains. On the couch. On, 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 <laughs> on the, couch. the carpet. On the carpet. Yeah. Yes. Luckily, it's a very old carpet. Yeah. I'm also the janitor, so I have quite a bit of experience so, cleaning up such so things. You're good. Yeah. yeah. I basically am Lola's janitor at this point. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we have we have the newly cemented chair pet of the board. That's right. Lola. Puppy Bear, so how are you? First official Shack News. She tried to lick the microphone. That's about how she's doing. That's a, that's an accurate read. This is her first Shack News uh, duty, Shack News podcast at least, as chair pup, chair pet of the board. Oh well, yeah, we can call her chair pup. She's yeah. chair pup, but she's also the official chair pup. Duly elected, mm-hmm. due process was followed, a democracy. Yeah, I mean, overwhelmingly. Yeah, oh yeah. It was a oh. landslide victory for Lola Look at, this at E3. Face. Because uh, her cuteness transcends cats and dogs. It does. She's fluffy enough where most cat lovers could love her because she's fluffy. I'll tell you, seeing her sneeze before the show, that was adorable. Yep. She sneezed three times and it was super cute. Yeah. Uh, even when you sneeze. Yeah. And when you pee on the floor, you're cute. Uh, with me, making the long trek across the super mean streets of Northeast Ohio mm. in in... In the town of Canton, Ohio. Yep. David Crack, our long reads editor for Shack News. I mean, the drive over here is treacherous because we don't have sidewalks yeah. in Canton. Yeah. In this part of Canton anyway. So you really have to you really have to drive in between the lines because there are fewer of them. Well, there's also just really poorly paved roads throughout most oh. of Northeast Ohio now. And they're all under construction. Yeah. There is no construction-free route in Canton, Ohio. Not right now. There hasn't been since... Tw- 12th Street has been under construction since, like, March. Mm-hmm. It's bad. I think Dressler has been under construction for, like, eight months at least. It's, And they just keep tearing it up and doing something to it. I mean, like, on the one hand, okay, our winters are bad enough that uh-huh. a lot of repairs need to be made in the spring. But this year, it was very poorly planned. Yeah, because they... It's like spring started late, so they... yeah. The roads kept getting crappy. Yeah. And it's like it's 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 now July and they're still doing construction. But I noticed like a lot of detours, detours are longer this year because so much of like routes in between like from where you start to the where the detour ends are under construction too. Mm-hmm. You're just getting routed everywhere. Canton. Ugh. Yeah, and you know, the worst one is when you're coming home off 77 south and that you, or if you're trying to go north, uh, to, like to Akron or something. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I don't know if you know anyone in Akron. I do. I know a family that just left Akron. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, like, you know, 277, 70, 77, that whole thing. Yeah. The fact that you can't just go 77 to 76 right now. No, it, yeah. Super annoying. It is bad. And it causes traffic because it's like 277 is not equipped to handle the amount of people that would have been meeting at interstate 76 interstate 77 yeah 
you know, where it meets in Akron. That's a huge intersection. That's a huge interchange. And it's just like, nope, sorry. <laughs> take this other <laughs> little highway. Or you can take side streets in the hood of Akron if you'd like. Yeah. And it's like, nope, neither of those sound very good. So, uh, But yeah, it's been rough. Before we get to arguably the worst part of, of living in Northeast Ohio right now. Yeah. Let me give you a bit of a, a bright spot. Okay. I have our unofficial food sponsor this week. You do? That gyro spot. Have you heard of this place? You told me a little bit about it. You've eaten there yeah. because it's it's the artist formerly known as Eurogyro on 6th Street. Mm-hmm. Our our usual Eurogyro. Yes. Uh, the owner apparently dropped the, the Eurogyro name because he wanted to add items to the menu that Eurogyro won't, would not sanction. So he went rogue and he's doing his own thing and he's doing it really well. I kid you not. Amy and I, my wife and I ordered Rubens there the other night. Best Ruben i have ever had in my life so wait they're like a deli now too they do they have the same menu although they had to change some names because your gyro mm-hmm. owned them like the guy on the couch is now like an open-ended open-faced sandwich of some kind but they also added a bunch of stuff he added uh quesadillas he added more sandwiches he also has an extensive dessert menu now speaking of names i don't know how he pulled this off we ordered something to split called the baconator I don't know, like, Wendy's must not know about this, but it is this <laughs> It is this huge, like, stromboli thing, but it's filled with cheese, bacon, and apple pie filling. What? Yeah, but it works. It's really good. What? Yeah. So that gyro spot. Incredible food. Okay. A++, wood, Reuben, and Baconator, not the Wendy's one. Again. I haven't been back since this name change. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested uh, we should address the. There was like a an issue with a past episode. Oh, that's true. So that seems like so long ago. Yeah, the episode that we recorded while we were out there doing uh interviews for Obsidian. Yeah. yeah, that episode was not brought to you by a restaurant in Orange County that must remain nameless. We won't even name them yeah. or the company that threatened to sue us. Yeah, but man. yeah, that episode not brought to you by that company. No, even though their food was delicious, and I have friends and that you, work you, there. You like they, you walk in the door and they're like, "Oh, hello, Mister Con," and you chat with everybody. Yeah, everyone knows me in there, and yet the company sue, threatened to sue us over recommending it unofficially <sighs> and unpaid. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I don't that. know. There's you that. do you, unnamed company. Yeah, this this Southern California for you. Yeah, I hear it's great. Woo! I hear it's way better than Cleveland. <laughs> That's what I hear. Yeah. That's all I'm hearing today. Yeah, this has been this has been a rough week. Yeah, for Ohioans, it, it's just been bad. Yeah, it's just been a bad time. Yeah, you know, and it's just getting it's going to get worse. You took it hard. I saw what, this this news item in question. Your Twitter. You were pretty. You had some emotions. I'm still. I still have emotions. Like, I will have emotions over this. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a sports fan. Yeah. You know, that's part of our podcast. We talk about Northeast Ohio food, and we talk about Northeast Ohio sports. Yes. Those two things are related. Yes, they are. That's what we do here. We eat and we watch sports. <laughs> <laughs> and some of us drink and go bowling. Yes. That's it. That's, that's all we no, got that's here. That's Ohio. And we also try, we like share tips for getting around construction. That, Yeah. On the way but, to either eating <laughs> no, or, or drinking or sports. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That That's the only reason that we are even worried about traffic. Yes. Is we're trying to get to the food. Yep. Or we're trying to get to the sports. 
and traffic the last four years Ugh. in June yeah. in Cleveland, Ohio have been has been incredibly crazy. Yeah. Because the city was full of people. The city of Cleveland was full of people. And why? Because of LeBron James. Yes. And the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes. And that's how the media always talked about us. LeBron James and the Cleveland and Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cav- yeah. It wasn't just the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was like the front runner of a band. Yeah. Lead it was guy. Benny and the Jets. That's right. You there know? you go. There you it go. Was, uh, yeah. It was Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. You know, I don't know if you guys, David Bowie fans out there. Yeah. But he's just the guy. Right. And it was really cool for the best player in a sport to be here. Right. To actively choose here, which he did in 2014. Yes. But then yesterday, he decided to leave. Perfectly fine. He can leave. He was a free agent. It's a free country. Things that bother me. He took $53 million less to go to a state that charges him more in taxes. So just financially. I didn't know that detail. Yeah. He's taking less money to get the hell out of Ohio. (laughs) Right? And he signed a four-year deal with them. When LeBron came back to Cleveland, he only signed one-and-one deals. Yeah. Whereas one year and they could opt in. One year and they could opt in. Mm-hmm. He never gave us a four-year commitment. Right. He stayed here for four years. He did not give us a four-year commitment. He gave LA a four-year commitment. So that, that I'm like, I get it. Okay, you want to go be a Laker now? That's fine. Go to LA. Deal with, the, deal with all that. Yeah, but l- l- let me intercede here for a minute. You don't think that the Lakers insisted on a four-year agreement because you don't have that sort of clout against LeBron James, right? He can set his own terms, surely, right? He set his own terms. There's no question in my mind. Why, why would he agree to four years? Because he wants his, you know, his his sons are going to grow up there and go to high school there. His daughter's three, so she's going to be going to school by the end of this contract now. All right. So he just wants his kid. I, I really do think that his son is a talented basketball player. Mm-hmm. Northeast Ohio doesn't really have a great basketball scene for young people. It's kind of ironic. But yeah, yeah, I know. But he was he played my high school, like Saint Vincent Saint Mary mm. played my high school, mm-hmm. and destroyed us because they had LeBron James. Right, LeBron was a freak of nature yeah. in high school basketball here. He we we aren't known for having great basketball players. We're just not. It's it's a football area mm-hmm. you know so it's mainly really good football players come out of ohio there are some good basketball players from canton uh, eric snow is from canton mm-hmm. uh but yeah like there's not it's not like la la has a lot of options for his kids to play in yeah so i feel like that's why he did it that's why it's a four-year deal okay that makes sense uh i also think his wife is going to be on basketball wives of la on vh1 have you ever seen that show i haven't seen it but that kind of makes sense because he has uh, lebron james seems like a savvy guy and he has for years been planting seeds that are starting to bear fruit because he knows if he won't be able to play basketball forever mm-hmm. so he's making some investments here there and kind of everywhere yeah i mean he has uninterrupted it's his uh it's a direct means of communication between athletes and fans yeah so there's not any editing going on. It's not really a media company, mm-hmm. but it is a media company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. one of those things. Yeah. So he does have that. 
ESPN is going to be, I don't know how to put this without sounding. Yeah, I'm just not going to say it. They will bend over backwards for him uh-huh. to get LeBron James on every ESPN thing possible. Because they have a studio literally across the street from the LA Staples Center. You know? Mm-hmm. So there's that huge, that, that's Disney right there. That's right. a huge media conglomerate that's willing to work with him. Um, so from an, if you want to be an entertainment mogul, yeah, it makes sense to go to LA, mm-hmm. not Cleveland. Cleveland's not a place to be an entertainment mogul. Allegedly, allegedly, because in, in 2018, you can have internet and basically be that's the, anything anywhere. That's what I was going to say. It's like, there's that misconception that all movie stars live in Hollywood. No, they live here, there and everywhere, but they go to LA to yeah. do their projects or, you know, whatever. Aspiring actors okay. That's live, what, in, yeah. live in LA. Yeah. The burnt out, like, you know, really successful actors and actresses like Scarlett Johansson or like really successful people, they end up leaving because they don't like LA. They get sick of LA. LA, it really starts to feel a lot smaller the longer you stay there. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're in those scenes. So it can get old. Yeah. It can get old real quick. Uh, and just, I, I know the kinds of people that have, being wealthy and talented attracts mm-hmm. in LA, in Southern California. And it's just, there's a reason I moved back here. Yeah. You know, like, I, that's why I got out. I, I, I've, I've spent about four years, two years in Redondo Beach, two years in Newport Coast. Mm-hmm. Newport Coast is way more posh than Redondo Beach. You know, like, it's Orange County. You were down there. Yeah. Um, it's a different vibe. But Redondo Beach, I was up in West Hollywood and all that crap during that era, that time. That was, I got I got a good vibe of what I would be dealing with if I wanted to stay yeah. there forever. And yeah. the, the idea that it's a good place to raise a family is just insane to me. That's not But true. like, I think in LeBron James' case, and this could work against his kids too, mm-hmm. they'll probably be very insulated from yeah, that. Yeah, because he's super wealthy. And that breeds a different kind of bad Oh, kid, oh yeah. You know? The one thing that, like, it just, it's the thing that if I could just talk to LeBron, I would say this. Yeah. We didn't spray paint the N-word on your house. Yeah. They did. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say to you, man. Like, you're, that, I get it. Like, you want to take over that town, that same guy will probably cheer for you in a LeBron jersey next year. Yeah. Do you really want people that are that two-faced cheering for you? That are that half-hearted? I'm not talking about the diehard fans. Like, I, I have friends like Jim Redner, you know, or Ozzy. Mm-hmm. They are Lakers fans. Mm-hmm. When they're good, John Wong, you met him out, yeah, out yeah, in yeah, LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Laker fan. Mm-hmm. They're Laker fans when they're good and when they suck. And they're very, uh, they will admit when they suck. Right. And I have Yankees fr- fans like that are friends. Like I, I have a lot. I'm a sports guy, and I have friends that, from other places. Right. But these L.A. is so full of Fairweather fans. And on top of that, you have this whole, oh, I'm not a Cavs fan. I'm a LeBron fan. And I'm just like, you could get the fuck out of Ohio right now with that. Like, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I was never a LeBron James only fan. Mm-hmm. I was a Cavs fan. And when he went to Miami, I booed him. Yeah. Every chance I got. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a reason why I spent so much money going to these Cavs games these last four years. I knew something special was going on. Right. I knew it was ephemeral. 
I knew that there, this could go away. Mm. And four finals in Cleveland? Yeah, that's crazy. In a row? Yep. That's like, uh, no one right. could have thought that would happen. If you told me in 2010 when LeBron left that that would happen, I'd be like, no. So when it did come to fruition, I had to go see it. Yeah. And even this year, man, like I saw some of his most iconic games. You were part of Cleveland history. Of you, this playoff run. You witnessed that. And that's why I'm like, I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him, but I'm disappointed. Because like, that dude left his heart out on the court this year mm-hmm. for Cleveland. He broke his hand after game one of the finals, though. His temper, man, it 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 stopped. Game one broke him. It it did. Yeah. It, it broke his spirit. It broke everyone's spirit. Mm-hmm. But you can see the moment on the court where his hands are out and he's looking at Jr. Mm-hmm. It's over. Yeah, that got memed. Yeah, that's actually I was going to bring that up. Like just looking at his body language there. He seemed dispirited after that. Yeah. And the team did and the fans kind of did. And you know, they were they were only down one game at that point, but like I think deep it down was a lot our of people best chance. knew. Yeah. That was the best chance to knock him out. Yeah. Was to get him in game one like that. Yeah. And it would have been a completely different series. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I feel like that was a moment. If you look back at 2017, 2018 for LeBron James, he played every game for the Cavs. Eighty two games. Yeah. Didn't miss a single game. Mm-hmm. He was an all-star MVP. He had his best career year in points per game, uh, rebounds, and assists. He had his best career overall year. That may have been his best year ever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm not mad at you, man. You gave it your all. I didn't feel like if he tanked it and we lost to Indiana in the first round and then he did this, it would have been worse. Yeah. But the fact that he had to put us on his back so many times this year and those buzzer beaters you know like those just amazing buzzer beaters that he was hitting Uh, the one against indianapolis or indiana it's like one of the best shots i've ever seen him make so it's like i i don't feel bad today it's just disappointment because you're like I like to feel, and I'm sure you feel this way, that if you were in that position where you're from here and you could be the, you could run Northeast Ohio, you could be king, mm-hmm. right? You would want that, right? Would would you take that opportunity? I absolutely would. And then if you were to achieve that, would you just walk away from it? That's what no. bothers me. Is that we have we've called him the king now twice here, mm. and he just turns around and leaves. Yeah, and it's like it sucks. That's not a good feeling for anyone who lives here. No, and I was you know, we talked about this a bit. Like I I I'm coming from this from the perspective of someone who several years ago was given a big opportunity, but it required me to leave home to kind of leave my heart here and go chase opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I get that, but I also, I kind of think you're right. I worry about the stuff he's going to get into out there. And I I also think, you know, here he's King James. I worry that on other teams he might be a prince. Like, I think it's inarguable that he is the greatest basketball player alive right now. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of talent, a lot of opportunity in L.A. Yeah. and elsewhere. Well, also just the Lakers' history. You have yeah. 
the logo of the NBA, Jerry West played for them. Mm-hmm. You have George Mikan, who's like one of the greatest centers of all time. Wilt Chamberlain played for them. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Magic Johnson. Shaq. Shaq. Yeah. Kobe. Kobe Bryant, yeah. What are you trying to do to your legacy? You could have been the greatest ca- Cleveland sports athlete of all time. Yeah. If you just won one more title. Right. Jim Brown also won one title, right? Mm-hmm. But he didn't leave. He left the sport before he got a concussion. He was like, I'm done. This is a lot of, this was, it was brutal. Yeah. Uh, but his wasn't a betrayal of a city. This is like, it's different. And, and you know, and I, it's different because the, the problem is like, he's kind of playing ping pong with people's emotions. He started here and then he left for four years and he came back and now he's leaving for four years. Uh, you and I agree that he's going to end his career here, right? So eventually he's going to come back and he's going to make a big to-do about it. And we're going to get another in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. Nothing is given. Everything is earned. And I'm kind of with you. Like, I'm not I, – I enjoy – I wouldn't say I'm a sports fan, but I am a Cleveland basketball fan. I always have been. Probably yeah. my favorite player of all time is Mark Price, actually. Oh, yeah. But – if I get another one of those like rousing mawkish speeches from James, I don't know if I'm going to swallow it. Like I'll be happy to see him back and playing in Cleveland, but like fool me once, dude. You yeah. Know? So here's the quote that that bothers me. I've I always believed that I'd return to Cleveland and finish my career here. Which is like if that's true, then he's just going to come back. We're just going to have to like yeah. what wait four years, eight years, what. Because you brought up a good point where he's probably going to want to play with his son, his oldest son, right? Mm-hmm. His oldest son is a ball player and is doing His pretty son well. will be 14 next year. So in 2023, he'll be he'll be and- he'll be eligible to be in the league. Yeah. If he's good. Right. And then LeBron and him could play together. So LeBron has to stay healthy and in the league for 5 years to yeah. accomplish what he says is his last goal. That's the only goal he has left. I like. I could see him doing that, but do you see him accomplishing it at the pace at which he's played, like especially this past season? No, dude. Karma's gonna get him. Yeah. And I don't. I don't. I'm not wishing this on him. No. At all. He has been a machine for 15 years. Yeah. He is going to get hurt. LeBron James is gonna get hurt. Mm-hmm. He has gotten hurt. He rolled his ankle multiple times in the playoffs. I got he broke his damn hand in the play in the yeah. finals. Yeah, his eye got like gouged. You know, like the guy. He talk about Mick Foley. That guy <laughs> had a lot of injuries this year. Yeah, it's just that because he takes good care of himself, that he's able to come back from that next game. He was playing hurt. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. He, the guy had a lot of heart this year. Yeah, but it's father time, man. It's gonna catch him. Oh yeah, and that's why he signed a four year deal. Mm-hmm. It's like you know what? What if my knee blows? Yeah, like I can't be on these one and one year deals forever because that only is fifty million dollars mm-hmm. or forty million, you know, or whatever. A hundred fifty million dollars guaranteed is attractive. Mm-hmm. We could offer him. I think it was two hundred three million dollars, and he didn't want it. And he took less. He took less. less. He took less to leave. That's what hurts. Yeah. Um, and also just the lying, the blatant lying in his in his letter to us. You know, like he, he's just full of crap, you know, like uh this is not about 
this is but this is not about the roster or the organization. I feel my calling here goes above basketball. I have a responsibility to lead in more ways than one, and I take that very seriously. My presence can make a difference in Miami, but I think it can mean more where I'm from. You just replace Miami with Los Angeles, sir. Mm-hmm. I want kids in Northeast Ohio, like the hundreds of Akron third graders I sponsor in my foundation, to realize that there's no better place to grow up. His daughter's three, and they're they're moving. Yeah. Maybe some of them will come home after college and start a family or open a business. That would make me smile. Our community, which has struggled so much, needs all the talent it can get. <laughs> now, if you excuse me, I have a plane to catch. Yeah, now, <laughs> I have to go to L.A., where there's not enough talented people. Yeah. And that economy is just doing I mean, really rough. I'm with you. Like That's what I mean. Like That's so mawkish. And I'm just, I'm kind of of the opinion as a Clevelander, as a Northeast Ohioan, I'm like, fool me once, dude. If you want to go, just say you're going to go. Don't give me some yeah. sappy speech about how, like, raw, raw Northeast Ohio. Just, he, that's a load. It, yeah. It does kind of come off that way. I'm sorry. When you put your name, when you put out that letter, you put your name on it. I view that as this is a letter to, to us. Yeah. Everyone in Northeast Ohio. And, it, and in the end, he was lying. Yeah. That's, that's. Like the, I don't know how you can look at this and not say he was lying. Finish my career in Cleveland. And we'll wrap this up real quick. But, like, one championship in Cleveland is worth 50 in L.A. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Winning one title here, if you're going to you're gonna put, like, bullet points for LeBron James' achievements, mm-hmm. the championship in Cleveland is his greatest achievement. And yeah. it always will be. And he'll never, ever, ever, ever be able to do better than that. Nope. To beat the best team ever, seventy-three and nine regular season record. Yeah. To come back from three to one. That is the greatest achievement of his career. Yeah. He did that as a Cav. He will have to go into the Hall of Fame as a Cav. Yeah. So it's like, if you just think that you're going to be able to add three more rings in L.A and then you get to be better than Jordan, you're wrong. Yeah. Jordan was 6 and 0. 6 finals victories, 0 losses. Mm-hmm. LeBron is 3 and 6. So even if he wins 3 more, he's 6 and 6. And I mean it's it's as you say, you you could or one could make the argument that that one of those victories means more. Yeah. than the others. That's my point. Is that if he were somehow able to stay here, yeah. get a max deal, stay here for five years, right, and somehow win another finals in there, and you know the Cavaliers would make that happen, right? Dan Gilbert was spending money like crazy this whole time trying to get a championship. Mm-hmm. If you could have just got one more final here, I think it's worth more than three in L.A. I agree. That's my point, is that you, you had something special here, not to mention the home court advantage in Cleveland, Ohio is better than anywhere else in the world for LeBron James. Mm-hmm. We cheer for him because he is one of ours. There are those incredible pictures of him like standing up in front of like his people mm-hmm. and and Clevelanders just just rising up. And, and you know what today like I've 
I'm, I'm sensing the opposite of that. This is kind of my final thought on the situation. I've noticed that a lot of big sports fans, a friend of mine from high school, my brother, my uncle, they're not mad. Like this is this is this is not the same city that's going to go out and burn his jerseys this no. time. A lot of people are just like, yeah, okay, well, thanks, LeBron, see you around. Like it's just kind of dispirited, and yeah. that makes me sad. Yeah, yeah, no, and like, like everyone's shoulders are just kind of slumped, you know. Yeah, it's 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 a sad feeling. It's not an angry feeling. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Yeah, and it's just like 2014 was really cool because for once we got chosen. Right, like we were the winners. Yeah, and this was before he even won a final. Mm-hmm. We were celebrating like we had already won just because right. we got LeBron back. You know, so it's you know I, I always wish he never left in the first place. Yeah. Because we missed the prime of LeBron James' career. Those four years from 2010 to 2014, he was really playing great basketball, super healthy. This The last four years, we're caught the tail end of his prime. Yeah. But I feel like the Lakers are getting the, 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 le- the lesser part of his career. I There's no so. way that you can compare 18-year-old LeBron or 23-year-old LeBron to 37 year old lebron right like they're they're different players now lebron has been able to change throughout his age but i just think that age is going to catch up to him oh okay it, there's no question of think like it it just will you know that's how it works so I, I, that's in a sense it's almost good that he left that we now can rebuild but the problem is and this is something that Cleveland has faced as a sports fan forever, man. Like, free agents don't want to come here. Yeah. They don't want to come to Cleveland. He did because he's from here. Right. It took us 52 years to have somebody come here and win something. And I'll say this. I think LeBron, the man, wanted to come back here, but LeBron, the player, knew that he would make the biggest splash here. Mm-hmm. He knew he could do that, and he did. That victory in 2016, it's like you said, that's the that's the biggest bullet point, maybe the bullet point of his career. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I don't know what the attraction is for him in LA. I, I really, I don't really don't. And it's not like they're a good team. And it's not like they're going to beat the Warriors. Yeah. And the thing is like, cause like I said at the beginning, I am now rooting against LeBron James mm-hmm. and the Lakers. Fuck the Lakers. They might as well be the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Fuck the Yankees. I'm a small market fan, and I hate big markets. Yeah. The biggest market just stole my best player. Mm-hmm. Fuck that team. I'm going to root for the Warriors. Oh, yeah. Let's, wow. I've turned heel. You, I was just going to say, that's a heel turn, man. Yeah. Let's go Warriors. Wow. Who am I supposed to root for against LeBron James? I have to root for the Warriors. Yeah. They're the best team. They, I like objectively, they are. Right? Almost too. They're, they're OP. almost too good. Yeah, they're they OP. Are OP as hell. They are OP. Yeah. I'm going to root for the Warriors and watch. I will cleave on the fuck out of them. They will lose somehow next year. <laughs> just start attending their games. I might. <laughs> I might. I might just start rooting for. I'm, I'll buy a Warriors t shirt. Dude. But if you want to take LeBron James, you're going to have to start going to, to Lakers games. Here's the. I guess this will be our last thing. So, you know, Eddie Garcia from uh, Golan Harris at Nintendo? He's yeah, like one yeah, of their yeah. PR people. Mm-hmm. I have a bet with him that I have to pay now. Uh, I bet him that if LeBron went to L.A., I would buy him tickets to the first game. Wow. Maybe I'll go. 
do it. Hold up a sign with that letter on it. Get like right behind the Lakers seats, like right behind LeBron's seat. Yeah. You know, because I can do this. Yes, you can. Like I, I have shown in the past. You can like, and you have. I, I, yeah. I've shown in the past I can do this. Yeah. It's like sit right behind the Lakers bench with a sign that's just like, uh, I knew I'd, I'd always end my career in, in, in Northeast Ohio. You know what you should do? Print out that quote, cross out Northeast Ohio. And just put LA. LA. Yeah. yeah. You should. that. Oh, dude, make it happen now. <laughs> I'll watch that game. I want to see that. Yeah. So we'll see. I might just buy him his ticket and say, screw you. It, it, you know, it's like, it's one of these things where like, I, I don't know. They don't you like when I'm at it. No one really saw me. There's just that one gif of me at the World Series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one saw me the rest of that game, but I was a man possessed, dude. That was a hell of a comeback. Yeah, we were down six to three. Mm-hmm. We came back to tie it. It went into extra innings, man. I have never been a more obnoxious Cleveland fan in my life. <laughs> and like, you have to understand, there were more people in the world at the World Series in Cleveland, Game Seven. That were Cubs fans because of the price of the tickets. So us Cleveland fans had to be even louder and more obnoxious. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, dude, I, I, when I'm rooting against someone, I don't know. It's not a good look. (laughs) So I don't know if I want to go. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Go to the Warriors games. I'll just go to the Warriors games and cheer for them. Ironically. Yeah, you got. It would have to be ironic. No, but like I, I'm like, it's basically me saying fuck the NBA, dude. I'm like over it. Yeah, I get it. Like it's cool. I, you know, the thing is, out of all the sports like that I've played, I really do love basketball. It's a sport that I love to play. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why I love watching it so much. I can appreciate someone who's so excellent at it. Right. But yeah, to leave us for the Lakers, it's just something I wouldn't do. And it's like, and now, man, there is a void here in Northeast Ohio, and this is going to be multi-year. Yeah. What's what's going to happen? All these businesses that have sprouted up in the last four years are going to go the other way. Yeah, we have no reason to have this much uh, recreation in Cleveland. No, or I, or even all these hotels that have sprouted up along seventy-seven. I think it would be different if we weren't so overtly a one championship team city yeah you know i I mean like you know in 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 defense of the indians they've come pretty close it's never ever 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 been an indians town no it was a browns town Mm -hmm. and then it was then the browns got fucking taken from us yeah then it was a Cavs town now it's the browns suck that's putting it mildly. And like even but even when the Indians are doing well, man, like we're not selling out. No. You know? No. We sold out four straight years at the queue. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's different. We're not going to sell out Browns games this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's hilarious is on YouTube, they keep uh promoting uh these like ticket bundles mm-hmm. for the Browns. They know all the Cavs fans are like oh. <laughs> they're, they're definitely targeting me. Yeah. Like, hey, buy some Browns tickets. And I'm like, I might ironically go to the Browns this year, too. I don't want to. I Last year, I didn't go. I didn't want to pay the owners for that poor product that was on the field. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. This year, I'm like, well, there's nothing else to do. But one of the main reasons why I moved back here is I could go to the Cavs game so easily. Yeah. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I just hop in the car and go. I'd buy tickets the same day. Yeah. And just go. Yep. 
And I'm like, well, there goes like my favorite thing to do in Northeast Ohio. That's true. I'm like, well, I don't know. And it's not like I want to go back. I, I'm not going to move to LA just so I can go watch the Lakers play. No, that's not what I'm doing. You've been there, done that in LA. Yeah, I mean the weather's nice. Sure, that's it. I like I like the seasonal variety out here, but I don't like winter overall. So I get where you're coming from. I just mean the weather's nice. It is. That's it. It's like consistently. That's it. Yeah. That's all it's got going for it. Yeah. You can't swim in the water. If you go surfing off most of the beaches there, you could get hepatitis. Oh, fun. Yeah. There's needles all over the beaches. Jeez. It's overcrowded. Traffic's horrible. There's a haze over the city every morning. That's air pollution. Um. Oh, the fires. It's wildfires. Yeah. Earthquakes. Man. And and a populace that if a Fukushima event happened would not be able to handle it no. the way that the Japanese did. No. So yeah, fuck LA. Yeah. And I think we'll we'll move on from there. Okay. <laughs> but I think the rest of uh the rest of what we have planned to talk about is it's all good stuff. Happy stuff. <laughs> all things being relative. So yeah, what should we talk Let's about? Let's work next? backwards. Let's talk about E three. Okay. Um Shaq News had a pretty darn good E three. Yeah. Our our uh, best traffic month ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, most ever most, yeah 22 year history mm-hmm. more unique visitors came to the site than ever before <laughs> that's awesome yeah it was our team crushed it yeah just across the board everyone did a great job uh our interviews were fun uh the hands-on content was really good you know we were judges this year so we had a little bit of a heads up to some of those games Ozzy and Greg attended Judges Week with me, um, but yeah, it was it was something else, man. E three was E three is at a crossroads, mm-hmm. and at that crossroads sits the Shack News E three booth. Yes, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. it, as it became consumer facing, Shack News started having a booth, and our booths getting bigger because we want like that's those are our that's our audience. Yeah, you know, like this mm-hmm. is. It's no longer, hey, it's other press, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, well, so so we had, just as an example, we had the Shack News Battle Arena, mm-hmm. and outside that, we had a few rows of chairs. Yeah. And I know the, the World Championship didn't start until day two, but even on day one, like, people would kind of park for a while. Well, we were piping all of our interviews through the TVs there. Yeah, so, so you, you could watch down, the TVs. You could take a load off, you can watch the interviews. And even just in general, I was like, people are going to sit there because there's not enough places to sit at E3. Yeah. There's just not. You give them a place to sit, they'll sit there, especially in West Hall. Yes. There's like nowhere to sit in West Hall. We had a place to sit and get a free back massage. Yeah. I didn't take advantage of that. I didn't either. I know. But the masses did, and they liked it. I saw uh, Joe Torado. The last thing he did at E3 was stop by the Shack News booth for a massage. Really? I was cracking up. (laughs) I was like, this fucking guy. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it was was awesome uh, to see them. To, just to see people enjoying themselves at our booth. Yeah. We had the pet election, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lola won because she's super cute. Uh, and yeah, you know, there was... I have to say I had a lot of fun. I carried a lot of interviews this year, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. I appreciate that. And uh, they were just really fun to do. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the last one. The last interview I did at E3 2018 was for uh, Remedies 
control. Yeah. And the two, the folks I talked to, Anna and I can't remember his name. I feel terrible, but we were all exhausted. And so he was like, you know, we should just start out like pretending to sleep. And I was like, that sounds good. <laughs> but I didn't cue in. I didn't clue in the production team. Yeah. So they're like, and five, four. And they count me down there. But we're just, I'm like passed out in my chair. Got my feet up on the coffee table. They're passed out. And they're like, David, you're live. I'm like, oh, oh. And I came awake and like hit them awake. And like, it's not like how we were feeling. So we had a lot of fun with the interviews this yeah. year. But we also got a lot of really good information and conversations out of them. An example of that was the Astroneer interview. Oh, man. You were uh, high on the hog there. <laughs> talking with Joe Toronto and, uh, and, and Riley. I mean, <laughs> like. System Era. I just. I love them. Yeah, I I love Sistamero. I mm-hmm. want them to succeed. I'm cheering for them. You know, like but Joe Toronto has history with Joe. Shaq. I got Joe his first job in the industry. Yeah, you know, and like I love Joe. He's a great guy. He's a great worker. Really talented person, and it's just fun to see him land in this like perfect place. Mm-hmm. You know, so I knowing that I wanted the interview to appear contentious at times. Yeah. But how was, you started it? Yeah. Like, well, well, <laughs> well, well. Joe, if it isn't Joe Toronto. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Dude. Yeah. It was that like, was hilarious. It, I, I was kind of in like a, my Vince McMahon role, kind uh-huh. of. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I wanted to like poke them yeah. about things and be like, so how's that Unreal money going? Like, like you know, like, <laughs> yeah. just because they're, they're really, they're ramping up production of this game. They're, mm-hmm. they've grown their team to like 17 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're shipping 1.0 this year. They're coming out of early access. They are one of the most successful early access games of the last year. Absolutely. So that's like awesome, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, it was just like this thing where I was like, I'm interviewing Joe Torado. Yeah. From Shack News <laughs> at the Shack News booth, and it was super surreal because like Joe had done a lot of interviews and ran our stage yeah. multiple year, like a year, you know, 2015. He had done it. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, 2016. Uh, I, he he ran the booth. This year he was on the uh, other side of the table. Yeah. Uh, so that was funny. Yeah, that was one of my favorite interviews by far. Um, we had uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, the the develop the technology lead uh, for their studio. Yeah, Moon Studio. You know, the, someone asked a really interesting question in the chatty about them. Is Moon Studio considered indie? Because they got an indie award from uh, the critics, game critics, today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I would almost consider them second party, right? Because they're Microsoft's paying for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so there's the whole weird thing. Like, <sighs> no, I can't really use id Software as an example. There's a pretty prominent studio out there that's still technically considered independent. Mm-hmm. But I mean, id Software. Let's just use id Software. Before Zenimax acquired them, they were independent, even though. Those guys had like their own parking lots full of Ferraris from Doom and yeah. Quake. Oh, they no. were technically yeah. not. Owned. Oh yeah, you can be indie and still have Ferraris. Yeah, I think like 3D Realms, just it millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure, that's that's possible. But Valve is technically indie. There, that's what who I was saying. Valve is technically indie. <laughs> but I think the uh, the wrinkle for Moon Studios is they're developing exclusively for Microsoft. Exactly. So they they seem to me to be second party. Exactly. Okay, so that was something weird that happened I, in the game. I, I would classify them as second party. I did not vote for them for Indie Game of the Year, mm-hmm. or Indie Game of Show, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it won, Yeah, <laughs> and I'm happy for them. But that was a great interview. Yeah, it was. Uh, and that game looks like it could be excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, First one was. 
yeah uh so yeah those were those are some of the i would say some of the first day highlights i think that we had mm-hmm. um we had we got to the few one of the few hands-on that we got to go to was nintendo that was day one right yeah yeah we got to play some Mario Tennis, in which I whooped your ass. You did. Right? You did. I but did. we played Smash, Bro- Ult- Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah. I won that first game. That's right. I was Breath of the Wild Link. Yeah, he's good. Who's one of my mains in that game. Like, yeah. Right? Link is just good all around. Link's yeah. always good in that game. Yeah. Like, I like Toon Link. Mm-hmm. I like Breath of the Wild Link now. I like regular old-fashioned Link. I think I played as Ridley from Metroid. Yeah, he's one of the new additions. Yeah, that was a new one that I played as, and then I think I played as DK. How did Ridley feel? Because, like, so I, I know that... Big ulti- and clunky. So Ultimate's <laughs> gimmick is, like, everyone's here, and here's a few other people. But adding Ridley to the mix almost made me a little bit nervous. It was like, it's like being able to play as Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat Trilogy. I mean, I got my ass whipped. So I, don't, I don't think it... I guess having like three of the people running around would offset his. It's kind of like how you know, like Lil Mac in in the previous generation when they added yeah. him, you're like, oh no, he's got this power up punch and like yeah. he can get all swole and stuff and mm-hmm. wreck people. His recovery is super crappy. Yeah. So I think those kind they kind of balanced Ridley the same way. Okay. Uh, where it's not, I think the recovery is not that great, but the you're right, the power, like the aggressive moves from Ridley. I I saw this. Uh, it was a tweet from Zero. Uh, he's a pro Smash player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he said that Smash Ultimate is going to reward people who are more aggressive fighters, less defensive. That's what he has noticed hmm. uh, from a couple of the things that they've done. He thinks it's going to lead to faster-paced games. So I think that probably informed the design decisions for Ridley too. Mm-hmm. That it is like that a good sense. a good offensive player, but yeah, I don't know. I I it wasn't super. I wasn't like really that impressed with Smash. No, it's, it's it's more Smash. It's definitely different than four. I think it's going to be faster paced than four. Yeah. So this is something I think even our team talked about uh, at E3. We have some pretty. I don't know if we have a lot of Nintendo fans on staff, but the ones we do have are very passionate, like mm-hmm. you and me, uh, Ozzy, mm-hmm. Greg. Um, but, like, I'm not really a Smash fan. Like, I don't dislike it, but it's not really my thing. And N- Nintendo's almost like Disney. They have so many properties that you don't have to like all of them. Yeah. Uh, and E3 this year for them was centered on Smash. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard for me to compare Nintendo's to 2018 E3 to 2017 and 2016 where we got Breath of the Wild and Mario and especially yeah. last year's Switch releases last year was the Switch's first year we got a new Zelda new Mario and this year like their big their like tentpole for Switch is Smash which for me like I don't even know if I'm going to get it mm-hmm. uh and that's maybe you know we have a spoil of riches on Switch right now but one thing I've noticed is just I'm much more excited about third parties and indies mm-hmm. on switch like the game the two switch games i've been playing the most recently are street fighter 30th anniversary mm-hmm. and then just as of earlier today hollow knight like third party and indie right now it's kind of defining switch because i'm not really into nintendo's first party stuff at the moment i think it's a lot of multiplayer stuff yeah. um you know there's mario tennis aces that just came out and there's smash that's coming down the pipe and then on top of that they announced super mario party so yeah. it's a bunch of multiplayer games that take advantage of their IP war chest in a way where it's not that dev intensive. No. It felt like they were punting on the first party side this year. 
It's yeah. like they have a Metroid that they're working on. They probably have something else coming. Uh, I don't know what their next move is. It's. I think they're at an interesting crossroads, though. Because uh, yeah. the Switch Online has to launch, and it has to launch right. Yeah, that's only a couple months away now, mm-hmm. I guess. That's September. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal mm-hmm. for them not to screw that up. That's why the stock is tanking. Yeah. Uh, it's taken a huge hit. It was at 58 in March or mm-hmm. January. Mm-hmm. It's at 40 right now. Yeah, that's pretty big. So that's a huge haircut, yeah. uh, and it's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, there's a new president. Mm-hmm. Furukawa has taken over now. Uh, so that's a big deal. You know, they have yeah. a change in direction. It's a younger guy. He's more focused on mobile, uh, figuring out how to make money off of mobile for them, mm-hmm. which is, I think, important for them. But at the same time, it's like, just make good games. Yeah, and, and I think they will. And I'm certainly not about to prognosticate doom and gloom. It's just that I, I actually kind of predicted this. Even last year after Mario Odyssey came out, I thought, you know, I bet 2018, there's no way they can just keep dropping all these these nuke size games yeah. like they're gonna have a slower year in terms of first party output and i guess that's i mean they haven't but like you know mario mario aces that that looks interesting to me as someone who likes fighting games i think you're gonna like it because it resembles a fighting game more than it does a tennis that's, game that's what i've heard yeah and i could get into that it's got like ultimates it's got a power meter that you have to manage there's there's a balance or strategy to it, and this is all new to Mario Tennis because yeah. I've never played any of those for. A significant this is time. new. Okay. The 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 uh, special shot I can't remember what it's exactly called is is new. Uh, the zone shot is new. Um, yeah, it's it's excellent. Like okay. it's it's one of my I, I've been playing it every day. Yeah, since it launched. Yeah, it's a good Nintendo makes games that are great to play, mm-hmm. like pick up and play for a few minutes or a few hours. This has an online tournament mechanic, so it's like I think there's five rounds or I don't remember how many, but you can like be the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you play in it, it saves your record and you can accumulate points. Oh, cool! That keeps track asynchronously with all of your friends. Mm-hmm. So like I, I just want to be at the top of my friend leaderboard. Yeah um i want to win i still haven't won a tournament it's really hard mm-hmm. um i've figured out my main it's uh bowser jr mm-hmm. and he's in one of those like flying teacups with two arms oh sure yeah yeah uh so that's i think he's good waluigi's really good i do play as boo sometimes mm-hmm. um but each each character has a weak spot like bowser jr is great defensively but he's not like an attack guy Mm -hmm. at all boo has amazing trick shots he always has like his shots will like they curve more than anyone oh wow um and i i played a shitload of mario tennis for 64 and it was my i think my second e3 uh there was i've told this story on the shack cast before i think there was conquer's bad fur day and mario tennis yeah for 64 and conquer's booth had free booze yeah and it was just Tendo Box literally ran the booth. Like we were, we were not. No one beat us from any other website wow. in doubles. It was me and my friend Adam, uh, who lives in Japan now. Uh, but he was Mario, I was Luigi, and we wrecked everyone at Mario Tennis on sixty four. So I had, I've always kind of waited for some game to get that feeling back for me. Mm-hmm. Mario Tennis Aces is the closest they've gotten. Yeah. Um, 
it's different though like i said it's like a fighting game which i think is cool yeah I'm, you know I'm into that, and yeah. the art style is really good the animation's really good it's camelot um i've heard other podcasts that aren't really as into it it didn't get that great of reviews. It does seem to be kind of polarizing. It's yeah. not like the difference between like a nine and a three or anything, but... IGN gave it a 7.5. That's low for and, IGN. And was featured in an Accolades trailer. And Shaq News gave it a nine out of ten. And we were not featured in anything. I guess there's, <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's fine. At least we got the review copy of it. I'm cool. That's true. That's true. But we really liked it. Brittany really liked it. I really like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great game. It was our best sports game of show at E3. Uh, but yeah, I like Mario Tennis Aces a lot. Um, I don't know if we should. Yeah, we should probably talk about. Should we talk about other games we're playing before we talk about the World Championship? We can. My list is kind of short. I'm playing Hollow Knight right yeah. now. Yeah. And I'm really digging that. It was sold to me time and time again mm-hmm. as kind of a Metroidvania meets Dark Souls. And I didn't really understand at first how... Well, so I understood how a Dark Souls could influence a 2D platform because there's a game called Salt and Sanctuary, which is basically 2D Dark yeah. Souls. Uh, but I think, like, I'm seeing... I've only played, like, a couple of hours of Hollow Knight so far, and I do really like it. And I see the soul's influence more in like the ruined beauty of this world, which mm-hmm. is kind of a running theme of Souls games. You you explore these kingdoms that were once glorious but have fallen to ruin because of this, you know, be it the undead curse or whatever is going on. And uh, I really like Hollow Knight. Like first of all, much like Celeste and Super Mario Brothers and the best platformers, it, it can it has really tight controls, which is just so important. Yep. But I'm already digging the exploration. Like I, I went into this dark corner and I noticed I disappeared a little bit behind the wall. And I went, oh. And so I hit something, broke through. <laughs> There's a whole other room with a bunch of enemies and little treasures. And I'm really digging that game so far. Yep. It's it it's kind of striking the right chords for me in terms of like mood and tone and just really tightly controlled platformer i i started it on pc last year i didn't i suck at it or at least i did you know as as most people do when they start games like that yeah and i kind of just other games came out that i had to play so when i heard it was coming to switch i was like okay cool yeah i'm gonna get this when it comes out on switch the day it was announced i bought it on switch I have not started it yet because I have other games on my Switch that I'm like, that are keeping me busy. Mario yeah. Tennis Aces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also playing Just Shapes and Beats. What is <clears throat> what is that? So it's kind of like a shmup, but you, you aren't shooting anything. Mm-hmm. And the best way I could describe it, did you have Winamp back in the day? Yeah. Do you still have Winamp? Uh, no. Not for <laughs> okay. many years, but I had it. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Do you remember the visualization plugins? Yeah. Those are cool. Right? Yeah. It's basically a playable Winamp visualization plugin. Okay. Now, the music is theirs. Like they, It's electronic music, which is right up my alley. It's yeah. a lot of techno, house, uh, some dubstep, which mm-hmm. I'm like, ugh. Uh, but... <laughs> It's like, you know, people would like to call it EDM, but there's just, there are some, there's some electronic music genres that are represented there. Yeah. Uh, And it's not too vocally driven, it's more instrumental. So basically, you are this little pixel, or maybe like six pixels, 
that are formed into like a rectangle mm-hmm. and you have to navigate this crazy world of shapes that occur to the beat that sounds kind of cool oh it's super fun uh and it's like brilliant like there's there's parts of it you know how like in uh in mario 3 there was the overworld that you had to navigate to the different levels yeah 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 just shapes and beats has an overworld like that but there's times where it becomes a game so like there was like i had to traverse to this other area and i had to jump on a sailboat and suddenly the traversal in the game to the next level was a level itself oh that's cool and it had its own soundtrack and i was like this is it's really this beautiful nod to like all sorts of game design i dig that yeah it's it's one of the best games to come out this year and i just realized i left it off the game in the mid-year list so i'm gonna put that in there yeah what is it called again just shapes and beats just shapes and beats it's twenty dollars it's worth getting for switch if you're into musical games at all yes it is so good okay Uh, i've been playing a little bit of luminous remastered too speaking of music and is that on switch or is that just it's on on switch okay um I I don't like it as much as Tetris. I've always said that about it. No, no. It's a good game. I've always felt that Res was a better game than Luminous. I, like, I think Res is amazing. Yeah, I would even, like, for me, if I'm not playing Tetris as far as puzzle games go, I love Bust the Move. Yep. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Do you remember Snood? I don't remember Snood. Snood was uh, a PC game, shareware, and it was like a match three bubble game thing it was kind of oh, like bust a move interesting okay it was a ripoff of bust a move in a lot of ways sound, sounds like it <laughs> wow yeah anyone out there who remembers snood tweet at techno sucks about it <laughs> we'll have a good old laugh about it it was snood. it was shareware that's snood. a great name yeah it was snood. it was really popular in college okay um, okay but yeah um it would be free games college students need free games right yeah remember shareware oh i remember but yeah just shapes and beats holy crap excellent game okay. um I'm mad at myself for not remembering to put that on the list. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool though. That's what I mean though. Like we're talking about these games on Switch. Like I have a backlog now yeah. of awesome games. You still haven't beaten Celeste or Breath of the Wild. You're sitting here talking I, about how you I was looking it's calling to me. Breath of the Wild is? Yeah. I, I'm I saw a thread about it in Chatty today. Yeah, I don't remember who posted it, but it someone just Red Shack. Was it Red Shack? I think it's Red Shack. I thought it was someone else because they just started. It's it's one of those I missed the party or late to the party. Yeah, but he's really digging. He was wondering. He had a question about armor. Uh, something about like I'll how to tell it. if armor is kind of loud or silent. And yeah, it's oh no, sorry, it's real BK. Yeah, real. Okay, I didn't think it was Red Shack. I knew it began yeah, with it was, an RE. Yeah, but, yeah, it's real BK. Okay. My bad. Okay. Yeah, I just replied with my standard Shack News Game of the Year 2017 That's in right. green and bold. That's right. What's the bold tag again? B bracket. Curly bracket or just? Regular big old okay, bracket, okay. rectangular bracket. I always, I always forget the bold tag. The key is, though, you got to put it on the outside. You can't mm. do a color tag and then the so bold start tag. start with bold and then color tag. Yeah. Inside. Oh, yeah, because B curly bracket is blue. blue. Right. Okay. Okay. That's that right. makes sense. Okay. That is right. Okay. Chatty, folks. Get to know it. Yeah. Join, chat. Join the conversation. As the as the bottom of our articles say for now. That's right. Hey, I've been working on that redesign. I know. I've seen some of it. It's looking good. How about that new logo? I'm digging that new logo. I, I like it. Yes. I like it a lot. Yes. Uh, one other game I've been playing. I've been playing games since I got home. I'm, I'm jelly. 
And how- Hollow Knight was like, you know, so I launched this Kickstarter to get yep. off a tangent. I was like, I'm going to reward myself because it's going pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need a new game. And I've read so many Shack threads about Hollow Knight. I'm like, you know what? $15, Switch. The, well, the only game I've been playing lately is really like Amy and I still mess around with Dark Souls Remastered a few mm-hmm. hours a week. But like, I need a new Switch game. Uh, that's an excellent choice. Uh, excellent choice. I'm digging it so far. Yeah. No, that that's it, that speaks to how many amazing games are on Switch. Yeah. I also downloaded Fortnite for Switch. I need to. I need to do that. It's free. I may as well give it a shot. Yep. And when I did that, I was trying to see that stupid rocket launch, and I was about 15 seconds late. So when I got <sighs> there, I saw this giant fissure, and the, apparently there's a shield above the level. The rocket slammed into it. Oh, like a force field? Yeah. Okay. And there's like now like a crack in it. Oh, cool. So the plot thickens. So wait, in Fortnite, is there only one map? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, that's why it's, it seems like Battle Royale games are very map dependent. Like you need to learn the map. So it makes yeah. sense they don't have like 400. So. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize there was only one, but it makes sense that there aren't many. There's okay. just the one. Okay. But yeah, outside of Fortnite and that, that wacky rocket, I have been playing Overload. Uh, and I also play a little bit of Quake Champions. Uh, Overload is fucking great. It's Descent. It's like the new Descent. Yeah. It's the a lot of the developers of the original Descent. They couldn't get the IP away from whatever nightmarish bankruptcy court it's in. Yeah. Because it's interplay, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> who knows who owns the rights to it? Yeah. Anyway, Overload is Descent. If you liked Descent, if you don't know what Descent is, it was Six Degrees of Freedom in an FPS back in the 90s. Dude, let me just say, though, that game highlights the innovation in first-person shooters in the 90s. Yeah. Like, that game was not just your average Doom clone. No. That game, like, first Wolfenstein blew my mind, then Doom blew my mind, and then Descent just blew my mind. Like, there yeah. were so many. There was It was one in a string of games that were just so innovative. It, it's because it... Because it, Doom... Doom guy's on the ground. Yep. You're not jumping. You're not doing anything. Nope. There's ramps. But descent, you could once you could tilt up. Yeah, you couldn't even aim in Doom. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't even aim in Doom. The fact that you could aim with six degrees of freedom, which is something that VR is still trying to do. Yeah. In 2018. Tethered, untethered VR. But still, like the overload is that modern polished descent. Yeah. Which we really need. Like, there's not enough good space combat games. This was a space combat game that was inside of these wacky maps that had, like, tunnels and, like... That was the other thing about Descent. Like, you weren't just... You didn't just pick up a shotgun and start mowing down demons or zombies. No. Like, you were fighting ships. You were in, like, rusted steel corridors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, you could be sneaky, too. Yeah, you could. That game was all about trapping people and, like, setting... It, was, it wasn't about camping, but you could really... Uh, sneak up on people, you know. It was there. There were a lot of tactics in that game. I remember it being like as a kid. I remember thinking, man, this is complicated, but in a good way. Like you yep. have lasers, you have different missiles, you had shields in your ship, which I guess was just like armor. But they really went all in on the theme of that game. So it's really cool to see a game like Overload kind of bringing back yep. that really freeform, innovative style. And I played it online. It is really fun. So um, is I it, hope I hope it gets more people. But it's been really fun. Is it single? Does it have single player? It does. Okay, good. It has a single player, but I I I had. Had to try out multiplayer sure sure i just want to make sure this wasn't a multiplayer only deal no because that would have killed my interest no there's a single player okay um and it's good it's not it's just it felt that felt older than the multiplayer did because it was like i had already been 
you know, when you'd already done that kind of stuff. Yeah. I felt like the single player back in that in the day then was almost a tutorial for multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. So it still kind of feels like that. Okay. Okay. Um, which is fine because like my most of my memories for Descent were really land parties. Interesting. I don't fun. think I ever played multiplayer in that game. Yeah, that was a game that I played a maybe, ton. Maybe on Kali. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was a Kali game or Kali game. Um, but, but yeah, I I I when I I went to boarding school, so we had a LAN. Okay. So 1995, I was living in a dorm. Oh man. And we were we were setting up LAN games as much as we could. That's, awesome. so that's why, like, that's why when StarCraft came out or Warcraft Two came out, yes. we were doing LAN parties for that like all weekend, man. Gosh, it was fun. That sounds great. Yeah, I literally helped pull the LAN cables through walls <laughs> in my dorm <laughs> so that we could do that. That's great. Yeah, when our school got a T one, oh, it was a glorious day. <laughs> that was a glorious day. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Overload. If you are a PC gamer, get that game. It also supports VR. So is is it in early access or is it out? I think it's out. Okay. Yeah, that's out. I, I just think... kind of assume these days that almost every PC game is in early access. Yeah. No, I think that's a fair assumption, but I believe it's out. I think okay. it came out in May 31st. I think it was oh. a product of a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo. Yes, yes, that's right. It was. I think it was Kickstarted. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, no, it's, it's out. Okay. Um. But yeah, those are the games I've been playing. I have been playing a little bit of Rocket League. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, one last thing for me, three, because... You didn't. You talked about it on an episode that I haven't even edited yet. What game? What game was finally announced? Resident Evil Two Remake. There you go. And what game won Best of Show or Game of Show in the E3 Critics Awards? RE Two. That's right. I'm ser- man. I'm ser- so I wrote. I wrote a hands on on that. Yeah. I was just gonna do a blurb because I've been super busy. But then I sat down and started writing. I'm like, no, you know what? This is Resident Evil 2 Remake. I've been waiting for this since I came back at Shack. Because, again, just in case you haven't listened to an episode of the Shack cast lately, which not a lot of people have because we've been slacking. Yeah. Uh, Capcom announced this in August 2015 and then went dark. Because it kind of makes <laughs> sense. Like, the next year they announced 7. Mm-hmm. And then in 2017, 7 came out. And to be honest, like, in retrospect, I was kind of foolish to assume they might show Resident Evil 2 Remake last year because last year was all Resident Evil 7. They launched the game, and they, they wrote DLC. out DLC, yeah. then they did the game of the year, and they had the VR stuff. So this year, uh, I, I don't know if you knew this, so you were at, this was Saturday of E3, uh, like the 9th or 10th, 9th, and you were at some showcase event, but a bunch of us were at the hotel covering conferences that day. We finished, and we were like, okay. Sunday. Was it Sunday? Maybe it's Saturday. Well, so I think it was Sunday. Yeah, probably Sunday. And I, I was Charles was there. I think Blake was there. Maybe not, but Charles is definitely there. And we decided, you know what? Let's go. Let's go pick up our badges and check out the Shack News booth. Mm-hmm. So we went and did this. There were no lines to get the badges. We yeah. saw the Shack News booth. We're just in awe. Just walked around. <laughs> then they're like, "Well, should we head back?" I'm like, "Nope." One second. And I looked around. Didn't see what I was looking for. So I'm like, let's go to South Hall for a second here. I saw the Capcom booth, saw the sign. <laughs> I go over, I round this corner, and there's this huge, like, gothic style police station. I was like, it's fucking here, you guys. <laughs> it's here. Because in 2016, when they announced Resident Evil 7, mm-hmm. they built that replica haunted house. And yeah. you would go in and sit in, like, a room with, like, bloody, dirty walls and play it on PSVR. And I was like, I think they're going to announce it. And that night, it must have been, 
Uh, they announced it at Sony's conference, which is when I figured they'd announce it, Capcom being a Japanese company. Yep. But I was like, yeah, I, th- I think it's here. I think this has to be the, the Raccoon Police Department. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I wrote about this in the road up, but it was not just an impressive trailer. And by the way, if you heard people live at Sony, like, the crowd was freaking out yeah. when Leon came out of the shadows after yeah. shooting that zombie. Oh, yeah. I got hands-on with it. It's a really damn good game. Like, for all I know, when it comes out next January, the full game could be terrible. But, man, what they showed, I don't want to get too into it because I, I, I struggled to define it and finally got it right, I think, in the, the write-up. But it's clunky, but in a good way, in the way I think Shinji Mikami wanted it to be way back in, like, 1996 when this series started. Mm-hmm. Like my my concern was okay, it's it's third person over the shoulder. Well, that means the zombies can't be slow and dumb because Leon or Claire, whoever, will have like pixel perfect precision, be able to just shoot them like fish in a barrel. Yeah. So what they did now is, uh, if you stand and aim, the reticule is is smaller, which means you're more accurate. Well, now you can move while you're aiming and shooting, which is new to Resident Evil. <laughs> but when you do that, your reticule is larger so it's not as accurate so the zombies are still intimidating you also don't like you're not like it's not like a first person shooter where you're gonna like run at 90 miles an hour circle strafing mm-hmm. you're slow you still have to aim but it's not as precise the zombies and actually i didn't realize this but i was reading up on it before my write-up there's actually an adaptive ai so if you're like hit, hitting headshot after headshot the zombies will actually do things like when you're aiming they'll weave and they'll lunge at you Yep. So there's still that element of fear, and they're not going to be shooting fish in a barrel. It's it seems really like they fun. took some of the mechanics from RE7 in that respect. Oh yeah, I mean right down to the engine because it is running on their proprietary. Yeah. They call it the RE engine. They even borrowed some assets. There are people online like there's a part in two where you have to get you get the knife, and then you can cut this tape on a, a circuit box, mm-hmm. and the tape on the circuit box is the tape on circuit boxes in seven. So it's just fun little Easter eggs that also reuse because that's just reality of game development. It's expensive, so reuse little things like that. But just you know, I have to stop raving at some point. But <laughs> it's it's real like it lived up to you know this one thing to put out an impressive trailer. Yeah, we talked about like E three can be a lot of smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. If you don't get to play a game, for all you know, it could be complete bullshit. That's what we were saying. But Resident Evil Two actually held up to hands-on scrutiny, and I'm I'm really really yeah, both, excited for both it. Both you and Ozzy got to play it. Greg Ozzie, was watching you guys play. I was like Ozzy, I think this might be game of show. He's like David, I will back you in that. Yeah, like he was really impressed by it. And because I barely played anything, I I trusted you guys. I didn't. I, I think I I, th- I played three things. I mm-hmm. did Project One v One. Oh yeah, we which I which I really like the way I defined it to you, and you were like, "I'm gonna can I use that headline?" I said that feels more Quake Three than Quake Champions does. Yeah. Like Project One v One really feels like the cream of the crop in arena shooters from 1999, and I mean that in the best possible way. That game feels but great. with like a new flavor. It has a new flavor. I really like the card mechanic, which I didn't know if I'd be. Sold were you on there that. with three other people when you were? Playing? I was. Yeah. What do you? What did you think of that feeling where you're you're spectating two other people play? You know that one of them is going to be the one that you're up next against. Yeah, so that it's was interesting. cool. But it was also like during that time, I was kind of almost like alt tabbing in a way between watching, between spectating, but also kind of configuring my loadout, mm-hmm. which I got really into. Yeah, here's one thing that Project One v One does that Quake Three did not, because John Carmack was staunchly old school. The alt fire options in that game are really cool. Yeah. Have you used the rail guns art fire? Yeah. So you you fire this rail shot, but you can ride it. It becomes solid. You can like almost like Tony Hawk ride on it. Yep. 
And I just think that's like that's how I um I was looking for the player and I saw him below me. So I fired a rail, rode on it, waited until I was atop him, and then I just dropped down and started firing rockets on him. Really, really cool. I was just laughing maniacally the whole time I played that game. Yeah, I was like, I, I went up to Steve Gibson afterwards. I'm like, so you made, you made Quake. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm like you guys made a Quake game. It, it really is. I like you. It was like a bunch of shackers at Gearbox said fuck all this shit let's make a good quake and we can play and, it. and they're pulling up and it's free to play right um i don't know I, for some reason i have it in my mind that it is but it might not be so don't i have yeah i don't know I, they've been they've been very quiet about that game they didn't get a whole lot of press which at is, the show which is like i mean i was gonna say it's too bad but i guess i see why like arena shooters do not move sales like they used to but yeah. this is a really good one. It's a very good one. You know what? Put Duke Nukem in it. <coughs> they should put Duke in it. I'll tell you why I put, think it's good. Put, put Borderlands characters in it, too. I'll like, just you. make this, like, Smash Brothers for sure. Gearbox. <laughs> put, like, some some uh, Colonial Marines in it from yeah, Alien. Exactly. Uh, their uh, Brotherhood, whatever that game was, Brothers game. Other <clears throat> war theme game. I'll tell you why I think it's good, though. It's a very, it's a very focused game. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to do like ten different game modes. It's one on one. Yep, with a lot of really cool weapons. Yeah, it's minimal. It's minimal in <coughs> what the equation is for the game. Yeah, and then like you said, there's all these rabbit holes you can go down with customization, strategy, and just also getting good. But man, the instant I started bunny hopping in that game, I was like, oh, this is. So- it was funny because I, I was watching uh, some replays of the Shaq News World Championship. Right. And I saw someone trying to bunny hop in Halo, and I was laughing my ass off. I was like, oh, no. They don't know. You poor bastard. <laughs> I'm like, you're a Quake player. You're not supposed to be doing this right now. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Uh, but, yeah, like, you, you look at it, you're like, oh, no. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was, I was laughing my ass off about that because it is a Quake game. And it's totally the guys from the chatty that work over at Gearbox, yeah. the, the spearhead of that. Now, Randy did say that he wanted to have that feel. Randy Pitchford, the head of Gearbox, he was like, I want that feel that the arcade had where you were quarter up. Yeah, I've got next. Yeah. yeah. And I think they did that. And I think that's going to translate really well on stream. Like, we're going to get four shackers, and we're going to fucking stream that game. Yeah. We're going to find out who's number one at Project 1v1 every week. I dig that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I love that game. It's my best FPS of show. I think that's what we're going to give them that award. We just never got around to handing it to them because they didn't even have a booth. Yeah. Gearbox is in a weird place this year, literally. <laughs> they were just upstairs somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because <clears throat> uh, that game's excellent. I also, while I was at Capcom's booth waiting for a spot in the Resident Evil 2 haunted house they had a haunted house they took me through um i played mega man 11 i'm a pretty big mega man fan that was my first capcom series mega man 11 was okay okay yeah no one was screaming no one was raving about it or anything <clears throat> i remember years ago capcom put out a survey <clears throat> this is when they were kind of lost as a company and the survey asked in essence what do you want from us do you want new games do you want compilations of old games? Do you want HD remasters or remakes? I checked. Uh, 
I'd like some compilations and some like HDified new entries. Uh-huh. Like I liked Mega Man Nine and Ten, but I was kind of over the NES aesthetic. I'm like, I'd like to see this with a modern coat of paint. Yeah, <clears throat> that's really what Mega Man Eleven is, for better or worse. Like, yeah, it's a gorgeous game, beautifully animated. But I was running through. They had two of the Robot Masters levels open, and like there were stretches of it where there was just kind of like nothing going on. Don't you think that series <coughs> has kind of been lapped <clears throat> multiple times? by smaller devs that are making more innovative <clears throat> games. Like if you, I, I'm talking like Shovel Knight, Celeste, yeah. Ori. There's so many games out there that have taken inspiration from Mega Man. And I, I view the original Mega Man games, like the first, I don't know, however many you want to say. I'd say four. Yeah, four. four. Yeah. They were hard as fuck. They're some of the more challenging games on NES at the time. In that case, three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. The first, the one and two for me were like really hard and granted i was young back then one was like bullshit hard yeah and and the, there's a very good reason for that because that was made by people at capcom who had come from the coin up division yeah, exactly and the coin up mentality is bullshit so they can feed us quarters yeah but mega man 2 was hard but it felt more fair mm-hmm. three same way and then four like the series was so huge that like okay we got to make this easy so more people buy it exactly but i feel like what made the games good was the challenging aspect of it. what differentiated yeah. it from the countless other games on NES at the time? Yeah, was that it was tough and challenging and rewarding. It had really interesting boss battles. Like it's just like I feel like time has passed this this franchise by. Like so, as a Mega Man fan, like I'm gonna get it. Yeah, because you know I played one level out of the two available. For all I know. The rest of the game will be awesome. And, you know, Mega Man was... Mega Man made waves back in 87. Yeah. Because it was a non-linear game. Like, you picked your levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for all I know, the, like, the level I played is best experience when you have, like, two or three power-ups. But, <clears throat> yeah, I'd say Shovel Knight... Like, there's a lot of platformers, but Shovel Knight often gets compared to Mega Man because Yacht Club was so inspired mm-hmm. by Mega Man and I do think it's been lapped. I also like the cynic in me says that Capcom is doing this just to kind of run it and uh, rub it in. Uh, what's his name? Inafune, the guy who made yeah. Mighty Number no. Nine, that just completely flopped. Uh-huh. Like, hey, we can still do this and do it better than you. And even if, frankly, the sad truth is, even if Mega Man Eleven does end up being mediocre, it'll be a lot better than Mighty Number no. Nine. That's true. You know, and I'm sure there is some spite there between the two of them. Because, like, why else? Like, Mega Man has been dormant for eight years like the last one was Mega Man 10 in 2010 yeah honestly you like, just why make, now you should make a new F-Zero instead they should everyone should I don't know what's going on everyone and Nintendo hates me so Pluto. like I don't know too long didn't read Mega Man 11 was alright and as a Mega Man fan I'll get it but mm-hmm. it it's not really like the strong showing I wanted as someone who's been wanting Mega Man to come back for like eight years so yeah outside of the Nintendo hands on appointment my only other hands-on was for some really crappy VR games by Bethesda. Oh. Yeah. Prey, Prey wasn't terrible, but it was a picking up and putting things down simulator. And then uh, Wolfenstein was like a barf simulator. Like no, There was no one else on staff that would have been able to do that demo without hurling. Really? Locomotion's really rough in it. You're a dog that breathes fire or something. You're like one of the Nazi dogs. And like, uh, okay. I think, 
I'm not sure. Maybe you're a good guy dog, but you're killing Nazis with one of the Nazi dogs. You know, the, you know what I'm talking about? Nazi the, dog turned baby face. The robot, you know, the robot Nazi dogs that breathe fire. Mm-hmm. You're one of those. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, your head bobs a lot while you run. And that oh, makes me want to hurl. That's terrible. Yeah, I was like, whoever, that makes you want to hurl. Yeah, nobody else. Yeah. Yeah, and like I didn't, but I I left that demo like feeling just weird, and I had to walk back to the booth and immediately. Uh, I think I was on. Uh, I think I had to do an interview, and then it was world championship from there. But yeah, so I literally I only had two hands on appointments at E three. The rest of the time I was at the booth. Yeah. Yeah, you and I were kind of in the same boat. Like, yep. Yeah, the rest of the staff was running out with appointments. You're out, Lola. You're done. Lola is off the couch. Yep. This is usually about the point in the show where she's like, "All right, guys, you you can take it from here." Yeah, she's like, "I'm good." I've had ninety. Oh. Fuck you, Siri. <laughs> Siri's like, "What? You you need something? No, Siri. Rarely, if ever, do I need you. I never need you for anything. What do you want? You want back? Look." Now she's trying to, she wants me to pick her back up. Yep. That's the game she plays. Maybe time to pee on the floor again. I don't know. Oh, God, please don't. (laughs) Whatever you do, Lola. Shaq News World Championships. Is Uh, it time? Yeah. Yeah. Because we we already, we kind of touched on the Game Critics Awards. Uh, Actually, let's do one more thing before then. Okay. We got to talk about this PlayStation crossplay bullshit. Yeah, Sony. WTF. Like, what the fuck? So the story is Nintendo and Microsoft are teaming up for cross-play in Minecraft and Rocket League? Yes. And Sony's like, nah. Yes. That's basically the story, right? Yes. And But it goes deeper. Fortnite. Fortnite has crossplay Switch, Xbox, Switch, PC, PC, Switch, PC, mm-hmm. Xbox, PC, PS4. Yep. If you downloaded Fortnite on a PS4 and created your Epic Games account on your PS4, you can't take your login to a Switch. That is that's ridiculous. That is a that's how did you say that's a third party game. It's a third party game. Locking you, they're locking you in. It's all about the purchases because Fortnite is a free game. They make money off of cosmetic things, right? Yeah. And kids are buying these V bucks and they're buying their dance emotes. They're very invested in their characters' outfits. Yeah. You can't expect people to create another account for Fortnite. It's like they're intentionally trying to get people to not play Fortnite on Switch. Yeah. Or you're going to have to have a Switch account, and that won't have the cool emotes. It's filthy what they're doing, man. Yeah, it is. Because I I have a my Epic Games account because I'm an actual PC gamer. It resides on my PC. Yeah. Not on my PS4 because I don't trust them. Nope. I really don't. I haven't trusted them since they got my credit card information stolen uh, a generation ago. Yeah. I turned off my PS3 and I completely missed whatever the hell, Demon Souls. April. I missed it. Oh, I yeah. missed Demon Souls because my PS3 had been unplugged for that entire time. Yeah. Because I was like, no. So no, I, I don't trust them with any account information. Yeah. But now I have less of a reason to. But talk about like, you have Todd Howard saying, we want Fallout 76 to have cross-play multiplayer. It's gonna be an always online Fallout game. Yeah, but no PS4. 
So you have 75 million people who can't play with the 38 million <laughs> Xbox people, the hundreds of millions of PC gamers, yeah, and the you know 20 going on 40 million Switch owners. Because here's my, oh, I guess thing, Fallout man. 76 is not coming to Switch. Here's my thing, man. Like Nintendo has this reputation, like their consumer facing reputation is of you know basically miyamoto happy-go-lucky smiling cheerful but behind the scenes they have they've long been like draconian slave drivers Mm -hmm. but if nintendo can buddy up nintendo the most the most walled garden Mm -hmm. proprietary company on the face of the planet can buddy up sony needs to fall everybody needs to fall in line yeah if you're what are you afraid of you already sold 75 million units. Yeah. They're you afraid so- that they're going to turn in their PS4s for Switches? No. That's not what's happening here. No. People want to play with people. People's fr- You know what? The average gamer can't afford all three systems. Yeah. And, and like, here's the thing. Sony has already lapped Microsoft to the point where Microsoft was the first to wave the white flag and say, yes, we're working on the next generation. Mm-hmm. Switch is not in the same class as PS4. It's a different type of console. So Sony isn't in direct competition with them, but they're they're acting like they are. Yeah. To not let people play Rocket League with each other? Yeah. That game is how old? Yeah. Are you really worried about losing sales? It's not about that. Right. It's about them being dicks. Yep. And like, you know what? Get off your high horse. Cuz you're this is the attitude that's going to carry into the next generation that's going to fuck you like yeah. the PS3 did. When it launched at six hundred and and Xbox One launching, yeah, Microsoft exactly, very arrogant, exactly off of the back of the Xbox three hundred and sixty, they they had the balls to launch, uh, you know what was it? Yeah, Xbox One at a ridiculous price yeah. with Connect. Well, who was the uh, before Phil Spencer? What was his name? Don Matrick. Yeah, just that arrogance, like oh. Uh, Hey, troops, no, Xbox One does have to be always online, but we have a console for you. It's called the Xbox 360. And no, you're going to have to be always on to play games. And just that arrogance that really tripped them up out of the gate this year. Yeah, that was their their stance on DRM also hurt them. Yes. But yeah, I just, I feel like it's Sony's turn to be the dicks and they're they're doing a great job. They long, I mean, yeah, they long have. I think almost like, again, this isn't the cynic in me, the conspiracy theorist in me says this goes back to Nintendo sliding them over the the Super NES PlayStation. Yeah. And, you know, they got into the console business in the first place despite Nintendo. This is true. No, they've always kind of had a rivalry, and it's still there. Apparently, yeah. It's bad for gamers. It is. It's bad for Shaq News. We want cross-play. Yeah. I have been... I said if if Psionics could have accomplished it, I would have given them the do it for Shaq News Award. And yeah. they tried, damn it. They like did. they deserve credit. Like they were pushing this before anyone else started saying this. Before Fortnite even existed. Yeah. Psionics was trying to get this done. Cause they understood it's good for their game. It's good for the players to be I, able to play across platforms. I do kind of look at Psionics as like the, the vanguard of crossplay. Yeah. You know? They did it. They 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 did the best job of it that we've ever seen. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the, to the point where we can have a tournament where people were on PS4 and PC during it last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. See, I just I wanted to touch on that before we went on to something happier and fun. Because fuck Sony, let yeah. us let us cross play. Yep, you're hurting games now. You're making Fallout 76 worse than it could have been. Yeah, 
it, you know, now it's going to be about, oh, what, what platform am I going to play on? And, you know, we're not even going to hear about this with Red Dead, but can you imagine if GTA Online had crossplay? Yeah. How big <clears throat> of a game that would be? Yeah. But they're not even fucking thinking about it mm. because they know that one of their largest partners, Sony, is against it. Yeah. This will come back to get them. <clears throat> I, think I think you're right. Microsoft is being very open and it's a good thing. Yeah. I'm really happy with what I saw from them at E3. It wasn't a great first party lineup, but it was a great message that they're saying, you know what? Everyone's like, oh, you guys should get out of the console business or get out of the games business. They're like, no, we're going to buy five more studios. Yeah. And I did the math. Microsoft could buy Sony, Nintendo, EA, and Activision. They have that much market cap. They're almost a $900 billion company. Yeah. So it's like... I think that we've just seen the beginning of this. I think Microsoft is going to make a play for Valve. Microsoft's going to do... If they're in this to win it, talk about a formidable opponent. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to go up against them. That's the whole thing. Like, Sony's arrogance has always been kind of misplaced because at any moment, Microsoft has the capital to turn things around. Hell, didn't they describe... The OG Xbox is just like an experiment. Yeah. And then they got serious with 360 and they cleaned everybody's clock. Yeah. So watch out for them. Yeah. Especially with all this Xbox Anywhere stuff and Play Anywhere and... Uh, Play Anywhere is such a great idea. Like it's, if, it's what they should have done from the beginning, but it's like the infrastructure now exists for things like cross-play and for things like Play Anywhere that Microsoft with Azure, which is their big cloud platform, yeah. they're in the position to dominate yeah this this pivot that's going to occur in gaming away from hardware towards software as a service yeah you know to games as a service microsoft is in a very good place and i know that their hardware isn't like xbox one isn't some wild success there aren't a whole like crackdown got delayed again like i get it there's a lot of negative news around them yeah but they're making moves man and they have the money yeah i think an obvious play is them to buy ea because yeah, then you get exclusive rights. Maybe, maybe they're not dicks about it. Because look, Minecraft's on Switch. Yeah, they own Minecraft. Mm -hmm. It's like they've remembered they're a software company. Well, they're they're smart. And here's the thing: like I just now thought about this, but there's an interesting trend when companies are are arrogant and something happens to humble them. They are forced to think outside the box, and we get really cool ideas. As yeah. a case in point, uh, last gen. Sony, you know, was was way behind Microsoft for most of the generation. We got PS Plus, which was a good thing. Yeah, that that uh, inspired Games with Gold, which is basically PS Plus. Mm -hmm. And then this generation, I I really think that Microsoft would probably not be as forward thinking in, in terms of things like crossplay and play anywhere if they weren't kind of if the shoe wasn't on the other foot. Yeah, if they weren't getting mopped up, and. I guess the only good thing that could come out of this is Sony might once again put themselves in a position where they have to do something innovative and consumer focused because they have to regain ground. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just I think it's funny when people count them out because yeah. it's uh, Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. It's I think what we heard at the show is that Microsoft is not running away from the games industry at all. They're running into the burning building, if anything. Yeah. Uh, and they just have bags of money. That they can, they're gonna do. This is this this era that we're in, 
the next two years especially is going to be full of really big dumb acquisitions mm-hmm. um you know time warner got acquired by at&t recently mm-hmm. uh disney just acquired fox for like 71 billion dollars I just I laughed when I heard Time Warner was being acquired again because that was the peak of the tech bubble in 2000 was the AOL Time Warner merger. Yeah. So it's like it's happening again. You get to this point where companies have grown too much, their revenues aren't growing, so then they acquire and they try to grow from acquisition. Mm-hmm. Microsoft's trying to do that. I I think it'd be hilarious to see them just acquire Sony and say game over. Yeah, Xbox is PlayStation, PlayStation and Xbox. But the, another way to really screw them over is to say, okay, well, we now own Madden and FIFA. Mm-hmm. And if you don't let us put cross-play on it, we're not going to bring it to your system. Yeah. Because I think that's probably what they told Nintendo with Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Was, look, do you want Minecraft? Because it'd be perfect for Switch. Okay, it's going to have cross-play. Yeah. I feel like that's where we're going with this, is that it's going to be... And no one's going to buy Epic Games, except for maybe Tencent. Uh, But, like, I just feel like the players have to grow a pair when dealing with Sony. And you have to be a big company to be able to say that. You can't just be Psyonix. Mm -hmm. Psyonix couldn't have told them to pound sand. Right. They would have died. They needed PlayStation for that launch. It was a huge part of their launch. Mm -hmm. And they were a much smaller company then than they are now. But if you do a big play like that, where you're Microsoft and now you own all of Electronic Arts, that's a ton of third-party titles that are no longer part of Sony, unless. Yeah. So I think that would be. I think EA is a very interesting pawn in this chess game. Yeah. Um, Activision to a lesser extent. Activision is just too damn well run to be acquired. I think. That, I, don't, I don't think they have... And they also fought off a, a takeover from Vivendi. They fought off a takeover. Also, Blizzard probably gets the final say in any acquisitions. Uh, they get part of a say. They get part of a say, but I I also know for a fact that like Blizzard gets a... They dictate a really big mm-hmm. really big part of any decision. Yeah, Activision Blizzard there. is the name of the company yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and it, they've let them run independently, which I think is why the company has continued to succeed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think Activision Blizzard is the acquisition target. I think EA is, mm-hmm. and I think uh, the white whale is Valve. Yeah. I think a Microsoft acquisition of Valve makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. They take over PC gaming then. Yeah. You win. And then you get to watch this horrible integration of Steam into the Windows Store. Well, I was going to say, one of the, the big stumbling blocks for PC players right now is I don't believe there's cross-play between Steam and the Windows 10 Store, right? No. That's still that's a, that's a point of contention yes. on that platform. Yes. But that would basically dissolve if Microsoft were to buy Valve. Yeah. So. It's a sticking point in that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just... Talk about other launchers. I mean, Epic now has a launcher. For, <sighs> Epic's launcher is a is for Fortnite. Blizz, uh, Battle.net is for uh, Destiny Two. I think uh, isn't uh, Call of Duty is going to be on Battle.net. It is. It's pre order. Uh, you can pre order on Battle.net. So yeah, like everyone, it's like the launcher wars have begun. Yeah. Uh, so it's because no one wants to give Gabe Newell his thirty percent anymore. You know, so it's like, except for indies, because they're like, well, holy shit, look how many people have Steam accounts. Mm. And that's what Microsoft's going to see, too. Yeah. I think if they buy Steam, 
suddenly every Xbox is now a Steam box, y- you can see where this goes. Like right. they will take over video games if yeah. that happens. Agreed. So that's where I'm like, <sighs> I left E3 thinking like, wow. Microsoft could really make some serious moves here. You know, what's interesting is Microsoft is kind of in Nintendo's position. A lot of Nintendo's fan realized that while while clueless consumers and developers say that no Nintendo's behind, they're online this, they're they're first party that, really Nintendo has kind of set the pace for consoles. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, including Sony and Microsoft, has often have to play me too. Now I think Microsoft might be the most forward-looking of all of them. Yeah. I think that play, and I, I wrote an op-ed piece on this last year at E3, play anywhere is absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. Even I'm having trouble, like as someone who grew up with like Atari 2600 Junior and NES as my first consoles, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around the idea that, that console games are no longer playable only on consoles. Microsoft is the one taking like, hey, you know what? We're going to take the box out of the box. Mm-hmm. That is maybe one of the biggest developments of this of this generation in the industry ever. Yep. But it's not really getting a lot of the press that I think it deserves. I, admittedly, they've stumbled a bit. Like, I think almost any first party Play Anywhere launch has been riddled with problems. Yeah. It's been buggy on Windows 10. But they get those ironed out and the game runs better than it does on an Xbox X. Like I said, they just need better software. Yeah. So why not buy it right. with your giant stack of money yeah. that you have more of than everyone else in your industry? If you're just yeah. looking at video games, mm-hmm. they could buy the whole industry. Yeah. They could buy Capcom. They could buy whatever's left of Konami. I was actually going to say they should make a move for a Japanese company because that's always been a really big gap oh, yeah. in, the, in their portfolio. Oh, no one in Japan. I, I went to Tokyo Game Show. I didn't see a single Xbox One. It's just not even in their language there yeah it's just you and it's not a nationalist thing if they made an xbox one that could fit in someone's house in japan they would buy it yeah. but those things are massive yeah they are uh and ps4 is pretty big too but like switch isn't <coughs> switch is like the perfect thing for it most is. of those people 3ds yeah. was really good mm-hmm. people play mobile phones over in asia more than anything so mm-hmm. it's just like i see microsoft as this just giant that could destroy everyone in the industry and it's not they basically shown mercy so far yeah you know because they could like you're right at any time they could be just you know it's almost like oprah like we're acquiring you you're getting acquired and you're getting acquired i i ran into randy pitchford and steve gibson after the microsoft press conference they were there too Mm -hmm. and i was just like so compulsion games got acquired like are you guys next yeah (laughs) because why not buy take two Right. Why not get GTA exclusive? Yeah. You know, like that's nothing to them. So I just I feel like there's a bunch of big dumb acquisitions about to happen in this industry. The industry does seem to get it's it's this juxtaposition of the industry getting bigger every year as it gets smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that was very apparent at E three too. Mm-hmm. We just saw how few companies were really there. Yeah. It's weird. West Hall did not seem overcrowded to me this year like it did last year. No. It shifted. Yeah. It shifted back to South Hall this year, mm. which was weird. Yeah. Because we had this amazing booth in West Hall. Yeah. Right next to Nintendo and Sega. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was. Yeah. And yeah, it wasn't that crowded. I think it was because there wasn't a, a Mario Odyssey style game. You know, like there wasn't anything at... I mean, there was Spooderman over at Sony. Yeah. 
but there wasn't like the holy shit i need to wait in line forever to play this game game in west hall there wasn't no and in south hall there was resident evil there the lines know? there were huge yeah re2 was the thing yeah and it was in south hall and like congratulations to capcom on yeah, that yeah 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 but we had something really special we did we did a thing the first <laughs> of a of a new thing an yeah. inaugural new thing yeah people were like some people said first annual i'm like no this is inspired by the nintendo world championship mm-hmm. which was in the wizard and then again it was it happened a couple of times back recently yeah yeah this is an every so often event i put fifty thousand dollars of my money on the line and people had to go through a gauntlet of what I thought were some of the best games. This is the Shaq News World Championship. Yes. Yeah. The 2018 Shaq News World Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, it was amazing, man. We started out with Street Fighter II Hyper Fighting, yeah. your favorite fighting game yep. ever. Blake, Blake and I got to commentate that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Got to shoutcast that. You were, shout- you were shouting yeah. at people about yeah. how to play better. Yep. It's <laughs> like, come on, man. It's a corner trap. What are you doing? Yeah. It's yeah. so easy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like... I thought that was a great round. I I was not there for it, but I got to watch some of it. Um, then we had Rocket League. Mm-hmm. So it was round of 64 was Street Fighter, Hyper Fighting. Round of 32 was Rocket League. I, I jumped on for commentary of that with mm-hmm. Blake. Um, round of 16 was Halo 2. Like I said earlier, this is one of my favorite console shooters ever. Yeah. <clears throat> I would argue that <clears throat> pardon me, uh, Halo 2... Halo in general is probably the best console shooter ever, and we'll get to another one in a minute because it it like uh, its predecessor really feels like a game that was built from the ground up for consoles. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, especially when you talk about like Battlefield and Call of Duty, there's still PC games that are on console. Yeah, Halo was built from the ground up for console. Yes, it takes advantage of the fact that you're using analog sticks instead of mice. You have like it jumping is floatier but that gives you more time to kind of aim and get Mm -hmm. your bearings yeah that was a great choice um so yeah that was amazing we had some x pros x halo 2 pros from esl and a couple mlg players that were in the tournament yes for the six for the round of 16 one guy put up like 22 28 kills yeah and like only died twice you know he was sweating they're like if i just get to halo yeah i'll be all right yeah you know but then after Halo, I'm like, well, we got eight people left. Let's play some Duke. Yes. And you and I uh, jumped on the commentary desk with Blake on that one. Yeah. We did the Duke Nukem 3D uh, round of the tournament, which is the round of eight, or the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. Man, how much fun was that to that watch? Was, that was great. I am more entertained watching Duke as an esport than I am Overwatch. Yep. I'm going to say that right now. It's Duke, Duke is so fast-paced. Duke is super fast-paced, but there's a lot of strategy to mm-hmm. it. And when you're on, you're on, you know? Like, yeah. There's a, there, there are dominant games where someone will win by 10 kills, you know? But there's also, like, yeah. there's that back and forth that once you get control of the shotgun and the rocket launcher and the... If you get all the weapons and the, and the uh, mega health... Yeah. You can do serious damage. That's the thing. What I liked most about watching those Duke matches and calling them was watching new players discover the levels and kind of peel back those layers. Yeah. Because Duke, level design is so important in Duke. Mm -hmm. You have to know, like, oh, hey, on 
what's E one M two? I just I refer to them by the med. red light district. Red light district. Like oh hey, if I if I blow up the building back there, there's a med kit back there. That yep. is a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. You know items like that. The jetpack. If you control the air, you can just rain down death on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really fun watching people discover these levels and discover the layers of and seeing and seeing Kid Colt forty five make it through the quarterfinal with a controller yeah i was like wow playing duke with a controller man that guy played duke with a controller he was one of the ex-pros right yeah yeah he was a former halo player he seemed like a nice guy too oh excellent like everyone in in the tournament was awesome it was a great it was just it was friendly competition Mm -hmm. i was really glad to be a part of that and everyone just like even like even before matches i'd see people talking laughing yeah like there was so much money on the line but people were just they were bonding over games yep it was a fun thing, and it was it it was cool to see, because it was just like it was an idea that we had on this on this podcast, mm-hmm. and we did it. That's true. You know, it was just a, yeah. a thought that we kind of came up with on this show, yeah. and we were like, you know what, let's do this, and it worked, and it was everything that I, I, I it it's weird when you come up with an idea and then you actually see it manifest. But it's actually manifested the way you thought it would be. How often does that happen? Yeah, that's that's what I was like. This is this is like ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it, that was my idea. Was that if we could just take the, the essence of a shack battle, but elevate it. Yeah. To this world championship status, and kind of like show everyone this is what Shack News is about. Yeah. Like we're about getting together and playing games, mainly shooters, yes. but games. You know, so it was cool. To, it was really cool to see everyone play Duke 3D. It's my favorite PC game ever. Really? Yeah, by far. More than Quake. More than Quake. Okay. I like Duke 3D that's, more than Quake. That's valid. I would say that Duke 3D is a lot more creative. Yeah. It just did different things. It came out same year, mm-hmm. but it did things differently. Um, I like Duke. I think we need characters like Duke in video games. If yeah. you're gonna have a character with a voice, make it like Duke. Don't make it some like Assassin's Creed guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I hate empty vessels. Kratos yeah. is an empty vessel to me. Mm-hmm. You know, but like Doom guy doesn't need to speak. Right. But if you're gonna give that kind of a badass a voice, get, let John St. John do some work. I also think that like in terms of characterization, I think that one aspect of Duke that it it's not overlooked. It gets credit, but only a certain area. I would say the levels are characters. If you want to bring Duke yeah. back, and I know that he would take some tweaking just because of you know culture these days. Mm-hmm. You focus on level design. You make yep. the levels characters like yep. they were in that game. It felt that game felt like a movie. Yeah, you know, it felt like a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. It did. A playable FPS Jerry Bruckheimer movie is what Duke 3D was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right, and that's what the vision of Duke Forever was, and it was never brought to fruition. But you're right; you could do that. There's still, I I still hold out hope that someone will eventually give me the license of this game and I can do it. Uh, But yeah, I feel like that that game is super underrated, and the multiplayer is like forgotten. Yeah, it's excellent multiplayer it really is and for 96 come on Mm -hmm. that was like amazing multiplayer it had support for custom maps too of course it did because all shooters did back then that's right man you know what i mean that's what games were cool yeah so it was one of these like it was okay so you were good at halo that's cool how about duke 
you know and it was just this trial it was like okay can you win a street fighter okay you can move on can you what about rocket league okay it was a trial by fire yeah and every round you passed things got more intense it was a gaming gauntlet that didn't cater to one type of player or style intentionally i wanted someone who was a master of all games. Yeah. I wanted someone who was truly Shaq News world champion. So I was just going to say, like, it would have been cool just to throw in, like, a platform. But I know that uh, one game, the speedrunning game, got canceled. I never got a chance to ask you what happened there. We had 128 signups. But people logistically couldn't get to our booth by the time the ra- the, the thing started. Oh, okay. So we had a bunch of no-shows. Mm-hmm. Instead of having this weird bracket with a bunch of incomplete things, we just said, here's the 64 people who showed up early, the, the fastest. Okay. You're in. Okay. We're just going to start with 64. Okay. We made that decision about 10 minutes before we started. There were like 90 people there, and we needed like another 30, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't going to work. You know, The problem was the lines to get in Yeah. E3 were so intense that some people just couldn't make it to our tournament in time. Right. So you, if you wanted the money... If you wanted to win, if you wanted to be world champion, you had to be there. That was the first test. Yeah. The so, first round of the gauntlet. So, yeah, the least old school game, which was speedrunners, we canned. Okay. Uh, which is fine. I mean, I, I knew that, like, whatever happened, I understood why that game would be canned out of any of them. I yeah. just didn't know the circumstances. Yeah. So, okay. So that's that's what happened. Okay. Um, which is fine. Uh, but, yeah, then after Duke, if you were lucky enough to be top two in the those two, uh, four four-person free-for-all uh, free Duke matches, mm-hmm. you moved on to the semifinal, which was on a CRT. And it was yes. another one of my favorite shooters of all time. Uh, Goldeneye 007 for N64. Another, this was my wild card. You know, like yeah. Charlie from, from It's Always Sunny, where mm. he cuts the brakes and he jumps out the truck. Yeah, wild card, bitches, yeah. <laughs> the- <laughs> that was me doing that. Yeah. I was like, okay, so you've made it through my gauntlet of games. Well done getting through Duke Nukem 3D, my favorite PC game ever. But can you play on an N64 controller? Yeah. In Goldeneye? <laughs> on a CRT? Four-player yeah. split screen? And, man, did it, it lived up to the hype. Holy crap. Yeah. We had the second place determined by a sudden death uh 1v1 game. that's pretty cool and that was super exciting i was mm. i was so nervous for everyone man i wanted to like i was cheering yeah. for everyone man like yeah. that's what do it for shack news is about like i want you to do it for shack news we're cheering for you well we talked about how all the finalists had really interesting stories yeah going into each round as they were kind of like calling out the best of the best and everyone had a really interesting story yeah our 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 semi-finalists were all really cool it was uh megamoose 64 Mm -hmm. kid colt 45 gamer girl loves you and the bearded chump yes and the bearded chump was 18 right had never played GoldenEye, had never played Duke. He had like, there were some games that he had just never played before. Yeah, he had never. Pl- I don't think he had played Quake before. So it was just funny to see this guy who had like he he made his way. You know, because the, the the cool thing about the top four, even if you lost in GoldenEye and you were fourth place or third place, you got to play Quake for thir- the third place game. Mm-hmm. So we had. Mean Monkey versus Gamer Girl Loves You. Or no, or not Mean Monkey. Uh, Bearded Chump. Bearded Chump versus Gamer Girl Loves You. And uh, 
Mega Moose 64 versus Kid Colt 45 mm-hmm. in the final. And everyone played really well. It was Mega Moose had some some support. Yeah. He had Shackers in his corner. Yeah. He was the brother of a Shacker. He's a Shacker now. Who's his brother? Oh, I can't remember his I don't know his Shack name. Was his brother there? Yeah. Okay. His brother was there. Okay. It was like Tones, Snow Pea. Uh, Snow Pete was very vocal. Yeah, Snow Pete was knew where he was at yeah. any given time. Yeah, like, dude, that dude's cool. He's good. People. I love Snow Pete. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, like they were all there in his corner, and they were giving him tips on EM uh, E one M four, mm-hmm. which was the level yeah. that was chosen. I hate that fucking level. Yeah, it's not my level. Yeah, we'll I'm have to talk about the circumstances behind the quake deathmatch because that was interesting. Yeah, I was kind of uh an extended member of the showdown family yeah, you were tech support Quake. there yeah especially because yeah. people wanted to change their bind, like their settings and bindings and i was like okay you're getting out which is like yeah which is totally fair it's just earlier when you mentioned like you help pull cables through your wall at your dorm for yeah. land i'm like man like i got that sort of experience at, <laughs> at e3 because a lot of the showdown guys like quake it's really hard to find information on getting a Quake game running. Yeah. Even in, in like contemporary source ports, it's difficult to do. And I was kind of like, there was a lot, I, I went in with a strong knowledge base of getting the games running. What I had to do was figure out, okay, what are these source ports? What hoops, what unique hoops do they have to jump through? And we couldn't, we had, uh, who's the shack who set up our server? Rydog. Rydog. Uh, he set it up and we couldn't get the level changed, but that actually like, that was kind of a cool wild card element. Yeah. It was E1M4 deathmatch four wasn't really like a popular level. So even quake fans might've not been as familiar with it as they would have like DM three or six. Yeah, sure. Uh, I was thinking six would have been yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm glad I wasn't playing because yeah. once you throw lava in the mix, man, yeah. that was an epic wild card, and like you really have to be careful. Damn American McGee, yeah, and his lava. Oh, I was calling him out during the stream <laughs> about it. I was like, "This is an American McGee level," so and it's the American McGee level. In so, Asif, besides uh, besides Blake, who did you get to commentate with for Quake? Fatality, Jonathan Fatality, Wendell himself. Yeah, dude, how That's about that? So how did you how did this come to come together uh one of the sales guys at greenlit knows his pr people and we just kind of talked to him said hey could we make this happen and we did see i didn't know that circumstance either because remember before quake before i came back to like basically be on standby in case the quake computer shit the bed yeah i went to capcom's booth because i tried and failed to get directly resident evil 2 then I came back and I see Fatality sitting there and I did a double take because, of course, I know who this is. I'm like, what? How did this happen? <laughs> you can't tell me he was just on the show floor and Asif like pulled him in to commentate. <laughs> no, like, no, how no. did this happen? Yeah, this was all orchestrated. Okay. This was my, this was, I, I thought. the probably fi- your grand vision. Yeah, I thought the final needed like a little bit, one more thing kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have a lot of respect for Fatality. Like we told him what we're doing. He thinks the fucking league is awesome. Yeah. You know, like he's just down. Fatality seems like a good dude. And he used to work with Steve back in the day on uh, the the high ping team for Shaq News. Oh, nice. Okay. He was part of the high ping Quake team on Shaq. Okay. Uh, back in the Sugar Shack days. Wow. So it's just funny. Like he had been, he had, he had work experience with the Shaq. And like, nice. he's always thought fondly of us. And mm-hmm. like, it's just been amazing, man. Like. I'm the same age as him, you know, so, like, we're both 37. 
to see where Shaq News was when I was 15 to where it is now. Right. Is just crazy. Yep. You know, and like, yeah, I, I, I think what we did with the, the whole tournament and the booth and all of our coverage and everything we did at E3 pre E3, we just showed everyone like we are here. Mm -hmm. This is a, we are not to be taken lightly. You know, and like when you have Nintendo, literally they're uh, your neighbor. They were right next to us, but it was the the balcony where we played Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. like that, looking down over the shack, and we got a really cool picture of the booth. Uh -huh. That was pretty surreal for you, right? To see it all spread out. Oh yeah, when uh, when the when we had everyone there for the Street Fighter check in, right? So the booth was teeming with people. Yeah. Greg ran up there and took uh, some B-roll. Nice. And it's just amazing to see, man. Like, when you build a booth, and, like, it, it, this truly was one of those if you build it, they will come moments. Mm -hmm. And they came. Yeah. You know, and that is so damn gratifying. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, I'm a perfectionist in certain things that I do, especially my businesses. So I'm always going to find things that I could have done better. Mm -hmm. Or I wished it happened went differently, but I don't think we. There were things we could have done better, but like the tournament and just the most important things went off so well. Right. The stupid thing like having a pet election, people got really into that. They that went did. viral on social media. I saw people taking pictures before they dropped their marble into yeah. one of the tubes to vote. Yeah. That was all over Twitter. Mm -hmm. The do it for Shaq news ha hashtag is like a thing now. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first announced that three years ago, you were like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 Cause well, I, I'd been a part of the site for a while and I, the slogan had not changed in a long time ever. Yeah. It was, it gets you chicks forever. Uh huh. And I just thought it was time to do something about it. And like, right. I think do People are starting to get what do it for Shaq News means, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, it's because we are cheering for you. Mm -hmm. We want you to do it. Right. You know, like whatever it is you're doing. And like this weekend, I, I saw uh, Felicia Day was doing a, a stream for uh, raising money for the kids at the border. Yeah. You know, and I saw awesome games done quick or, or summer games done quick. Mm -hmm. They raised $2.1 million for Doctors Without Borders. Like, that's doing it for Shaq News. So it's right. just like a bunch of, you know, people are starting to get what we're talking about and they, they want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And that's what's super important to me is like this brand and this site, what what we did was we said, here's what Shaq News is about. Now come hang out with us at E3. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. And they liked it. And this is the opposite of what you get from the other websites at E3. Yeah. IGN's like, here's our stage. We got blah, blah, blah directors here but, to talk to us. But you're on the outside looking in. Yeah, you're not invited. Mm -hmm. You can't come. Yeah. Here's just here's our cool stage. Same thing with GameSpot. Right. Here's our cool stage. Fuck you guys. No, when you're at our booth, you're talking to writers for the site. You're playing games. We're commentating in front of you. Yeah. It was really the stage, man. Like when you're standing on that stage, you felt something. Well, it felt it felt like you're in a squared circle at times. It did, and I think it actually plays into 
your understanding of what Shaq is all about? Because part of what you have, well, let me preface this by saying at E3, you really blended the staff and the community. We were all mingling together. Everyone is a part of the Shaq News community. And that is kind of, that was a manifestation of what one thing you plan to do with the redesign, where you plan to incorporate the community more mm-hmm. into our content. You know, yeah. so it, it's interesting how, you know, this is it, it's kind of taking shape now. Yeah. Leading into the redesign. Oh, yeah. No, I, I we're we're only entering phase one of the redesign. Phase two is just like this E3 booth was my masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Like, I really I don't think I can do any better. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what I could do other than execution of certain things a little better. But the actual booth was perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it was so fucking Shack News. It was, you know, and like there was a lamp next to you when you're doing interviews. You know, like little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those little nods to our community. Last year it was a TV over the fireplace. You know, like yes. There's just these <laughs> things. Like I'm always winking at our community, but like it was so fucking cool, man. Like how many Shackers would come up to me while I was at the booth and just like give me a hug. Yeah. Say thank you. Yeah. You know, like. It was weird. It's it's really weird now when I'm at those things when I get stopped. Mm-hmm. You're the man with the briefcase. I'm like, yeah. You know, it's like that stuff. I'm starting to notice it just from how people react to me. But on top of that, like, our brand is just fucking cool. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, like, it is. <laughs> like, I just know I, I can't put it any other way. Like, we are fucking cool. Yeah. We're doing cool shit. We're not worried about any kind of bullshit that a larger corporation might be worried about. Yeah. We're just doing what we want to do. I want to do cool shit. I want to make cool things. I want to do a cool electronic sports league. I want to Yeah. We want to have sports. We want to have fun with our interviews. Yeah. We want developers to leave and say, "Man, that was a fucking awesome interview." Like mm-hmm. they were super chill. They get what we're doing. Like Sea of Thieves, another great interview at the booth. Mm-hmm. Joe Neat was like telling everyone at rare about how into the game we are and like one thing i told him that like he was super floored by i said look like we haven't scored your game yet like i don't think it's fair to score sea of thieves at launch Mm -hmm. i didn't think that i still don't i want to see this next round of dlc and then before the end of the year we will score that game Mm -hmm. because i think it's a nine and i know if i tried to give it a nine at launch people would have flipped out at me right you know so i'm like okay we'll wait mm-hmm. same thing with PUBG. we waited on that fortnite isn't even out yet so we can't rate that yet but right like, i i feel like games like that it's we do it a disservice to give it a score mm-hmm. so instead we ran that piece i said if you don't like sea of thieves you don't like video games mm-hmm. we made it very clear yeah. in a preview that we thought that game was great right he really appreciated that that's good so it's cool to hear because you know we're not just like I am analytically driven. I want us I want our site to do well. More page views, more unique visitors, all that stuff's good for us in the long run. You know, but it's not, we're doing things that we want to do. That's what E3 was about, you know. And that's what everything we do going forward is about. And I was like, we have an opportunity. I, I tell our staff this a lot. I'm like, every day we come to work, we get to say what Shack News is. You know? We don't have anyone telling us what Shack News is. Right. We get to determine what it is. And I think uh, from where it was a year ago <laughs> to now, mm-hmm. 
Like, I think Shaq has much more of an identity now. Absolutely. And much more brand recognition now mm-hmm. than it did a year ago. So I think I'm I'm doing something right. I mean, I, I'm, this is, like, as we record this, this is basically a year to the date that I took over as editor-in-chief. Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah. And, like, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to become CEO. I didn't want any of this. I didn't want to do any of this. I just wanted to write a check to Shaq News. Yeah, yeah. But once I saw shit going to hell... With yeah, <laughs> yeah, you had to step in you know, sell it again for, like, what, a fraction of what you paid for it. I don't yeah. know if I would have even... I don't... Yeah, I probably would have sold the website for what I bought the website for. Mm-hmm. But that does not account for any of the investments I've made outside of that. Yeah. Because the website's price is a fraction of what I have invested in Shack News, mm-hmm. you know, and Gamer Hub. So no, I, I I wouldn't. I would be selling it for a loss if I were to sell it last year. Right. I don't know what the market is for Shack News right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sell it. I want to keep growing it. Yeah. I don't. I don't have any. Until I feel like I've done everything I wanted to do, I'm just gonna keep doing what I want to do. It's this, it's an interesting position that we find ourselves in now because we are growing rapidly again, mm-hmm. uh, and our we are now official game critics. You know, like we were yeah. we were official judges of E3. Mm-hmm. We weren't last year. Right. And like so, it's like there are tangible things occurring that you can look at our site objectively and say, yeah, they're doing better than they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just, that's great. That's what you want from a CEO level to an editor's level. Like, that's what you want. You want to be on a crew that's going the right direction. We just got another invitation to shoot uh, footage and interviews for the next long read after <laughs> the one I, I still need to finish. No. You know? Yeah. I don't want to go. You want me to go to Canada? I don't want to go to Canada. You might be going to Canada. I don't want to go to Canada. I don't. I mean. Take Greg with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, so, yeah. No, things are. That's where it's like the yin and the yang of life, man. Like mm-hmm. I can't get too down, and like you see me wearing a Shaq news shirt right now. Yeah. Like I'm not too down about LeBron leaving. Mm-hmm. When he left last time, I folded up all my Cavs, my LeBron stuff specifically, but my Cavs stuff, kind of put it away. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do the same thing because I don't foresee myself going to a Cavs game this year. Um, but yeah, like I, it's not. I feel like I, I feel like I can do some things here in Northeast Ohio, mm-hmm. and it's between Shack News and Army of Techno. Like Army of Techno has been very quiet mm-hmm. since I moved back here. Right, we've all kind of we all dispersed. We all went to our different corners of Earth. My vocalist lives in Alaska. My DJ lives in Southern California. Yeah, I'm here, mm-hmm. so we haven't had any practices lately. Yeah, not many Army of Techno board meetings, but. I feel like if if Cleveland is about to go through a wave of hopelessness, I want to bring joy to this area. Mm-hmm. I and I think I think the Shaq News World Championship was an example of that. That was a joyful, positive event. Yeah. And we can do that elsewhere. It doesn't have to be at E3. It doesn't have to be some super expensive booth somewhere. Mm-hmm. It can just be that vibe, that what the essence of what we did is so easily taken on the road mm-hmm. 
and that's what I think is really interesting. I, I brought a lot of the showmanship from Army of Techno to the World Championship this year, mm-hmm. which is what it looked like, how it was produced. Right. I feel like there's a place for us to do stuff like that around here, too. So I'm, I don't know. We'll see where I end up. Yeah. I'm not a free agent this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe next year. Right. But yeah, I, I, I when I moved back here, I said I was I wanted to wait out the next recession before I made any kind of move. Mm-hmm. And I also thought it was just good for the company for me to save money. Right. So I could keep investing in Shack News yeah. instead of paying rent in California. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it sounds silly. Like, I could go live anywhere. Mm-hmm. I actually looked last night. Did you? I got on Zillow and I was like, let's see, where should I move? Yeah. And I looked at... I looked at Southern California and I was like, nah. <laughs> and I saw like what a million, I, I was like, what a million or $2 million gets you. Yeah. And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And then I, I looked in, uh, Vegas. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, no. Vegas kind of sucks. Yeah. Like it's not that great. Um, I wouldn't want to live there. No, no. The tax policy is good. It's the only reason to move there. What is it? No state income tax. Oh. So there's a reason. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, no, so I don't want to go to Vegas. I don't want to go to Southern California. I looked at Seattle. Seattle's gotten pretty expensive. Yeah, it has. Amazon, Nintendo, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no. Nah. Valve. Valve. Yeah. So I was like, no, not going to go to Seattle. So I was like, well... Like I would never go to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. It's like Cleveland weather, three times the expense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't even look there. Um, and I just jokingly looked at Miami. It's like, yeah, well, maybe I should go to South Beach. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Like, I, I can afford all these places. Right. And then I looked at uh, New York City, right? Because I do think that I'm attracted to that place. There's so much to do there. The music scene's amazing. Um, the real estate prices are absurd. There's piles of garbage on the street every night. Yeah. I was like, nah. So then I looked at like, you know, I have a ton of friends in New Jersey. So I looked at Edgewater, like eastern, northeast New Jersey, kind of mm-hmm. near near the George Washington Bridge. That's by far the most reasonable real estate out of anywhere I looked. Hmm. And I said, nah. And so then I was like, well... I went back to what I was, I think I was telling you about this off, off the podcast, just when we were talking one night, I was looking at Maui again. Yeah. I remember that conversation. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think if I leave Ohio, it's to go there mm-hmm. and I just can't go there yet. Cause I'm still at Shack News. Yeah. So it's one of these things now where it's like. If I buy a place in Maui, you know that I've sold Shack News or I'm about to sell Shack News. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I didn't. At the end of it, I, I was left. And obviously, I looked at Houston because I, I have a house there. My brother lives there. Both my brothers live there. My nephews live there. My mom and dad live there. Mm-hmm. I lived eight years in Houston. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of these things, man. It's like we're going to be here and we're going to see the. We're going to see Ohio go through some shit. Mm -hmm. And Ohio will be the first place to exhibit the symptoms of a recession. 
it's usually the last one out, first one in. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good place to be if I'm right about what I think is going to happen to the U.S. economy. So it's like one of these things where, yeah. I, I But last night I was like, damn. It's like, like I said, man, it's like my favorite thing to do in Northeast Ohio is now gone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn it. What am I supposed to do? Right. And I, none of, I, I don't think the answer is getting up and leaving. I honestly think the answer is going and doing something here. That's cool. Yeah, I think so. Giving back. Yeah. Figuring out a way to do something to make people happy. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But that was that was my takeaway. But I, I couldn't help but look last night because I was like, you know, you're down in the dumps. You're like, you, you're like, there's nothing. Like right now, if we were to turn on TV, we're probably Cleveland's probably getting shit on right now yeah. by most of the media. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we don't deserve it. Yeah, you know, this is a really great place, and there's really smart people here, and mm-hmm. cost of living's really great. It's safe. Yeah. Um. So I don't get it. I, I feel like this kind of thing happens to us. We're a, we're a region that's used to that. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to figure out a way to do good things here that are positive and make people happy. And I think that what we're doing with our esports league could be one of those things. I think what we do with extra life is another one of those things. An example of that. Uh, but yeah, I also, I, I, I look at my work at army of techno and I think about things that we could do here that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's something that's on my mind. Uh, but yeah, I, I concluded the same thing I did before LeBron left that the only place I really want to go is Maui and I just want to live on the beach and do nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's like down the road. Yeah. Is what I've realized. It's like, it's not, we're not there yet, but I don't think like, I think I've proven it that I don't need to live on the west coast to be a games journalist with a successful website no absolutely not you know so many teams work remotely today and we're making it work you know yeah it's like i think that's a narrative that was sold five years ago yeah to a lot of different companies mm-hmm. so our team is based in san francisco so you're gonna get the best coverage mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah and then you get glicksold and you get you know like so it's or even uh what happened to upload both their studio, both their uh, offices are shut down. Right. So it's like, yeah, I, I just feel like I think we can. Like, I, I, I want to put Canton on the map. Like, I know we're on the map because of the the football hall of fame, but like, I just feel like there's more that there's more that this region can offer that is unique. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a ton of fucking gamers here. Yeah. You know, absolutely. What else are we supposed to do in winter? That's the truth, man. You know, so it's like, I feel like that's the other thing here that, you know, and it's all sunny and shit on the beach. Like, you're just going to go to the beach all day. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the real gamers are in the center of this country. Mm-hmm. You know, there's <laughs> that's they got nothing better to do. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll, we've gone full circle. Back to the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, I haven't done a wrap up in a while. 
God, it's been like 80,000 years since the last episode. It has. Uh, this is a good episode, though. It was. We had a lot to talk about. Because Greg wasn't on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that always helps. Hi, <laughs> dupes. Greg minus minus, Burkleton plus plus. Hi, Lola. Okay, we'll wrap it up. Go to shacknews.com for your interviews, reviews, previews, news. Uh, re- did I say reviews? Reviews? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go there twice. We've got a lot of reviews these days. We have a ton of reviews. Um, gameplay videos. Go to uh, youtube.com slash shacknewsgames and slash gamerhub videos. Go to slash shacknewsgames because the guy who has slash shacknews is a jerk. Uh. Uh, and I can't figure out how to get it back from him. Uh it's very hard. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Shack News, Instagram. I think it's Shack News Media for some reason. And if you're on Facebook, I don't know why you are. <laughs> Shack News there. Uh, fuck that website. Uh, what else do we got? I think those are. Oh, yeah. Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Shack News. Yes. Also, Twitch.tv slash Shack Channel 5. Which was the home of the esports tournament. The electronic sports tournament. That's right. I was trying to be brief. Um, <laughs> and I remember Michael told me, so you need to be faster with your wrap-ups. But you're not brief. You're the briefcase man. I know. I know, right? Did you see me give a briefcase out for the final? I did. Shout out to Mega Moose 64 by the way. He's now a member of our community. Right? Have you seen him post? I have. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he is truly worthy of the title of Shaq News World Champion. Yes. Uh, and I'm really proud of him. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I was so happy for him, man. Like talk about just a guy who's never really played any of those games, the gauntlet that he went through, the luck to to beat Gamer Girls uh, loves you in that one v one Golden Eye match. Yeah, the luck required there is just it's crazy. Yep. And he had a sick comeback in Duke too. He was sucking in that first. Because they played two rounds, right? And then I they remember combined. that. Yeah, he came back. Yeah, he did. Uh, and he came back in Goldeneye. Sorry, it was he was down in Goldeneye. He came back to tie it, and then he won it. Mm-hmm. And he was also struggling in Duke. So he had this like fighter's mentality the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, he may not have been the best, but he did. He played the best. He did. You know, and like that's I think that's so important for a competition like that. Indeed. Uh, but he's an inspiration. So yeah, follow him. I think he's me- at Megamoose underscore sixty four on Twitter. Uh, shout out to him and all the competitors. They were all fucking awesome. Um, if you're on the internet, which you probably are because you're listening to a series of tubes. Yes. And you're sharing information. Say a link to Shack News. I was waiting for this. Click the link. Yes. Read the article. Actually understand if it, what you're reacting to in the headline is accurate. Become a more informed sharer of information. And a more informed reader. It also helps the writer, the editor, the content creator, in the case of Greg. Yes. Helps them with their analytics. Hey, I got another view. Hey, look how long this person was on the page. It helps them. Mm -hmm. It also helps you prevent the sharing of fake news, which is a big problem these days, David. It's maybe the biggest problem. The biggest. Yeah. So click the link, damn it. (laughs) Click that link for Shaq News. Do it for Shaq News. So, yeah, thank you. Uh, we apologize for our delay uh, in the return of this show. Uh, we're going to get better at that. And Can I throw in a plug? Yeah, you got a plug, right? I do. Check out Stay a While and Listen Book 2 on Kickstarter. Speaking the, of reading. The long-awaited. Yeah, Stay a While and Read. 
the long-awaited sequel to Stay a While and Listen Book 1, which which documents the history of Blizzard North and Blizzard Entertainment, Diablo, Warcraft, and Starcraft, the holy trinity of the two blizzards, uh, is now funding on Kickstarter. I've worked with a number of outlets to publish sample chapters, mm-hmm. the longest of which, Chapter 9, Lay of the Land, is available on Shack News. I believe as of right now, it's on the front page. Yeah, I think so. Yes. So uh, check that out and check out Stay Well and Listen Book 2 on Kickstarter. How long have you been working on this? <laughs> well, Stay Well and Listen since 2007, but I kind of took a, a break from it after the first book came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. The thing is, book two has actually been written for a while. For uh, the longest time, for several years, I was writing this as one book. And then I kept telling Amy, like, this is never going to be done. And she's like, you should split it. And I was like, no, my art, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But then I thought about it and I realized, you know, the interesting thing about the Diablo trilogy is that each Diablo, each Diablo in its making kind of defined a certain era, not just at Blizzard, but in the industry. Yeah. And so I realized, oh, you know, three books, three Diablos, three different themes, three different eras that really works. But I, I had been working on Stay Well and Listen and my, my young adult fantasy series, The Garden Chronicles, for so long that I published I published Stay Well 1 in 2013. I published Heritage in 2014. That one I sold that I was like, I, I need to do something else for a while. Jeez. Lola's back. <laughs> I can't look over there. I'll, wow. I'll lose it. Lola's really excited about Stay Well and Listen. We'll just leave it at that. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've got Point of Fate, which is a sequel to Heritage, coming out later this summer, mm-hmm. and then Stay a While and Listen to probably around this time next year. And I just decided, you know, I'd like to try Kickstarter, see mm-hmm. if I can basically fund it pre-orders. Yeah, because the book is done, but I'm going through, I'm revising it, I'm doing a few more rounds of fact checking and, and revising. So I just decided the time is about right to try Kickstarter. Are you worried that Diablo Four will be announced this year, and you'll have to write another <laughs> book? I, I don't I don't know that I would, and there are reasons why I don't really want to get into it. But the 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 short version is, uh, I expect Diablo Four to be an even bigger success than Diablo Three, and I don't expect Blizzard Entertainment to stumble out of the gate like they did with Three, even though that game sold really well. It had a lot of fundamental foundational oh, yeah. problems. The, au- a- the auction house was a terrible idea. Um, it just wasn't very fun compared to Two. There there was the whole fuck that loser debacle where dave brevet kind of said diablo 3 is not the game i would have made and then a whole bunch of diablo 3 designers took that very personally because at the time their game was getting kind of crapped on despite selling like six million copies in 24 hours yeah. and getting very in- scored very it, well yeah it got panned though by a couple of gamers so chatty was not happy with that launch oh, it was it was a very polarizing game in the chatty yeah and i was of the opinion like i played through that game and i finished it and i was like huh like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. Yeah. And I was some, I wasn't someone looking for Diablo two point five. I got that in Torchlight. I got that in Path of Exile. Yeah. But it was not Diablo three was not a very good Diablo game. It's become very good. Yeah. But the thing is, like the story is is how Blizzard course corrected. And so if Diablo if Diablo four is not good, that's a story. But okay. I expect it to be good because they learned their lesson. There's a lot of arrogance there, and they had to eat some humble pie. They've taken their sweet time with it too. They have, and that's I mean that's Blizzard. Yeah. You know that's the cool thing about Blizzard and Nintendo. Like you're not going to get a Zelda every year because if you did, you'd stop caring. But after uh, f- it's not possible. Four or five, six. The amount years. of the amount of detail in Breath of the Wild. It, yeah. That would take five years. Yeah. Just to make a game and have it run as well as it does and. No, you couldn't. Oh no, Lola, you couldn't do. You couldn't do that. No, yeah. it's no, but I. Yeah, 
But everyone not. should everyone should back your your yeah, book. They should. Yeah. Stay well unless in book two on Kickstarter, David L. Craddock. Go check it out. And if you haven't, buy the first book. Yes, that it's back in the bestseller list. Yeah, because yeah. people are like, oh, it's it's number one in virtual reality, which I find kind of funny. Like, I guess what? technically, like it is a virtual reality. Oh, that's, that's why. I, that's why I sent that to you the other day. I'm like number one in virtual reality. I remember that. Now. What the hell is that? But it's also it's in the top ten. So it was a legitimate bestseller because for like a good few weeks, maybe a month, it was the number one book in Amazon's video games category, which was a big mountain to climb. Yeah. But it's back in the top 10 there, which I, find, I, I consider it kind of like ironic because one of my pitches is, so there are three reward tiers in the Kickstarter. The first one is back for $10, you get, you'll get a Kindle version. Mm-hmm. For $30, I'll give you a signed paperback, a Kindle version of book two, and a free version of book one. But people are going out and buying book one. That's fine. I'll get royalty checks from that. But if you back the Kickstarter, you'll get two editions of book two and book one for free. So... I guess they just want to read it to see. I guess they maybe really. They, maybe they want to read it to see if they want to back you. Maybe they do. Book two, uh, in terms of structure, is very different than book one. Yeah. I think it's better. I experimented with book one, and most people liked it, but a lot of people didn't, so I, I changed it. I used a lot of block quotes, which is a format I got from Stephen Kent's The Ultimate History of Video Games. Mm-hmm. I think it worked, but I'm, I'm cleaning up book two a lot. So in, in a way, like... Book one, in terms of the level of research and content, is a good indicator of two. Mm-hmm. But the formatting, I think, in two is a lot better. I've grown a lot as a writer in the past five years. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Is like they're, You've been working on them for a similar amount of time, but yeah. you've been able to do other works yeah. in and that I, time. And, and I've benefited a lot yeah. from them. Yeah. That's cool. Especially, I mean, Rocket Jump was... The first stay a while and listen size nonfiction projects I'd done since stay a while and listen one, well, there and you go. and the new long read I haven't really disclosed the title yet, but the new one about Obsidian and the Infinity Engine games is on that same scale. I think it's it's actually bigger than Rocket Jump. It's right like in between. Oh, good God, stay a while and Rocket Jump. Yes, <laughs> I'm hoping to do a couple more by the end of the year, but they're going to be much much more focused, like one game. Yeah, each not the history of the whole franchise. No. You can only do that with certain ones. You can, and I've even then, like I've got one of those a year in me. We got, we have an idea for a big one next year. I think. Yeah, I want to do that. I really want to do that. One. Yeah, I think yeah. that'd be that's that's, that's the next one, step. That that's one that it fits. Yeah, and it's like things shackers. Like it's what we've always done. We want to create content that shackers want to read. Yep. We want to create content that everyone's searching for. But in the case of the long reads. We really want to create content that we think shackers would care about. Yeah. And that's where it's like, well, with what we're doing with Obsidian, they're going to love this. Yep. And then, and also just shout out to Jabby for stopping by our booth. That yeah, was man, fucking that's cool. cool. Yep. Uh, granted, he had a Shack News badge on. He did. Because he forgot to register to Shack. <laughs> oh, by the way, shout out to our friends at Crytek who listened to the Shackcast. That's right, man. <laughs> What's they, up, Hunt Showdown? Yeah. I'm, I was super excited to hear we that. We did that interview with them, and they said, yeah, they put on the Shack cast for, uh, while they're working. So now, Austin, if we owed them an episode, they probably haven't gotten any work done I know. for the past month and a <laughs> That's half. That's why there haven't been any updates. Yeah. No, they were busy at E3, too. So, but no, yeah. I just wanted to shout them out. Uh, that was awesome to hear. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we, we, love, we love everyone who listens, and we apologize uh, for the the hiatus that we took we're it was, back it was a series of unfortunate things 
and scheduling conflicts. Yeah. <laughs> the past month and a half really was, I mean, between like our, our stop at Obsidian and getting ready for E3. Yeah. I never want to have that much stuff to do in a month. No. Ever. But let's talk about September later. Hi, puppy. Hi, puppy. Yeah. Aww. Okay, Lola, we're going to end the show. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's everything. Uh, we're back. We're not going to L.A. or anything. No. Uh, and, yeah, shout out to That Gyro Spot. Yes. Our official sponsor. I was going to pick up Ruben on the way home, but they're closed on Mondays. So that's what? They're closed on Mondays. What is this? Mo- Why? That's I don't know. That's been going on for a while. I think because they're like a smaller operation. Yeah, they are. So they need like a day. Don Poncho's does that. I don't know if the one here does, but in Alliance, Don Poncho's is closed on Alliance. A lot of restaurants close on Monday. Yeah. It's because it tends to be a slow day anyway. Yeah. But still. Yeah. I was actually thinking about going there, so now I'm sad. Yeah. Tomorrow, though. I will be getting a Reuben tomorrow. Yeah, Lola. Okay, okay, okay. She got her Bobo. <laughs> okay, that was a two and a half hour chat cast. <laughs> I think that's good for hey, people who've been feeding. Yeah, we've had a lot to store up and get out of our system. That was way better than any of the Cartridge families I've listened to <laughs> oh, in the time we've been down. Fired. Yeah, I, I actually unsubscribed from them because they they described the Shack News or they described West Hall as sad, and I was like, "You're forgetting that Shack News E3 booth was there, and it's the happiest place on earth." <laughs> You know, for three days, it was pretty much heaven. Cartridge family minus minus. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying they uh, their subscriber count had a minus minus. Yeah. From me. Yeah. But yeah, I thought our episode was far better than any of their crap. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you want to listen to them, you can. Uh, <laughs> they're that's also on check. Uh-huh. That's, that's something you're into. Uh, but yeah, um, I think that's everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We should have some, I don't know when this is going to go up, but yeah, check out our, our best games of the mid-year and our best of E3 list that will be going up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, Greg has a special video that he's working on that yeah. I think everyone's going to like. So yeah, shout out to Greg, even though he kind of sucks. Yeah. Right? Yes. Minus, minus. Lola. Oh my God, Lola. <laughs> out <Minus>. of control. <laughs> okay, before my dog humps her bed to death, <laughs> let me tell you to go out there. And do it for Shaq News. Except you, Lola.